more girls hate giving blowjobs than anal. I'm calling it out right now. Yeah, because their ass doesn't have to do any work. I'm calling it. I disagree. I, I'd say that they do the blowjobs more often, I but that's just... you're more likely to find a girl who won't do anal than you are likely to find a girl who won't give you head. True. But she probably is really bad at giving you head, and she's really good at accepting it in the ass. True, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> stupid. It, it's hard. It's 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 rare to find a girl who already likes anal before you start doing it. And even then, if, if a girl who's willing to start doing it, it takes a while for it to feel good. The point is, it's about them giving to us for once. I, I got for the- once, a blowjob is easy to give. Yeah, right. Bitches barely be getting the I fucking think, 15s on the fucking I know, look, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about good blowjobs. <laughs> Just because blowjobs. Right. almost no girl gives a really good blowjob. <laughs> Chris said it like he experienced it. Yeah, right. Like, like have you, ever, you know how hard it is? <laughs> I know how hard it is. Literally and figuratively, to, Adney. To find a girl who gives incredible blowjobs. I know it's, it's very it's rare. It's so difficult. Well, listen up, scoot close to your hoes with the mongrels, man. As they boast, we toast as we roast. I ain't a little problem, and we're fixing them both. So playing devil's advocate as he hit you with jokes. You know, who gonna be sitting next to me? at need baby daddy. Spin comedy, magic lane. Now you got my booger wanting me, you're gonna be. Hit with a hook, I'll turn your face into a tragedy. Steve B. With the chemistry. Dropping resumes and melodies and resumes, especially using dark humor. As his weaponry. Mentally, I don't know your dirty thoughts, Bob Dylan. Yeah, sing it like Bob Dylan. No empathy, discredibility. (laughs) Discussing history, legacy, ethnicity, (laughs) destiny, felonies, industry, jealousy, memories, pregnancies, tendencies, therapy, heavenly. Alcoholicast is the remedy. Alcoholicast is the remedy. Alcoholicast is the remedy. Alcoholicast is the remedy. From the dead. Yeah, Resurrected from the dead. Bob He's still Dylan. alive. I'm still alive. Gigging. <laughs> he you know, he's still alive. <laughs> My bad. He just looks the, dead. Uh, <laughs> You're much more animated than I remember you being. I got the uh, uh, Nobel Prize for Literature. Good job, yeah. Bob. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Alcoholic Cast. We are your hosts. To the right, I got. What? <laughs> Adney. And to the left, Bob Dylan, our special guest. Folk Bob Dylan Borghese. Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you folk say my music, whole name. God. Folk music Godfather Bob Dylan. Bob Folk Music McDonald Dylan. <laughs> I don't know. McDonald Dylan. That's his middle name, I think. Really? I just, no, I just made it up. Oh, he's making a lot of things up. <laughs> he likes making things up. Making it up like the folk music. Today, as of this recording, it is April 18th. Fuck yes, it is. National Anal Sex Day. Or International Anal Sex international Day. International Anal Fucking Sex Day, Adney. <laughs> That was pretty good. That was not bad. <laughs> but uh, uh, can you explain to the people, Stevie, real quick, what the hell anal sex day is and why is it on April 18th and what the fuck are we talking about? Explain it to the people. So for everybody that fucking knows here at the Alcoholicast, <laughs> really we fucking really ate fucking Valentine's Day. Talked about it. You've been practicing um, this for yeah. no, I, I, no, I did not. I just, now I'm no, doing this now. No, I did I not. No practice. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jim fucking Jeffrey's here. And I created uh, my own fucking. Eh. Ho- I created my own holiday. He's going walkabout. It's anal fucking sex day, <laughs> April eighteenth. It's the first day we get to fuck your girlfriend in the ass. You know why? Cause you fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> she fucking hates it. 
So you got to do it because you ate fucking Valentine's Day. We all fucking ate Valentine's Day. What, I get you a fucking, you, know, what, you want me to get you a fucking gift? What, with my money? So you could fucking tell your fucking friends you'd one up your goddamn fucking friends? I don't give a fuck about that. Oh, you buying gifts, you buy your own fucking gifts with my money. You already fucking have all my money. He like talks about all that and he goes, he goes, he goes, you know when your kid makes you a fucking mug? You cherish that thing for the rest of your fucking life. You, you, you pick it up, you know, when you're old age. You just pick it up and look at it. You go, it cost me nothing, this mug. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the very few things as a man that you'll get to look at that because everything else was bought with your fucking money that you fucking had to work for. And it's my favorite fucking... <laughs> but for some reason, Valent, like... Valentine's Day and all the other holidays, everything's concentrated on rewarding uh, the women. Like, the But it's a romantic couple's holiday, which is so... It's not that at all. It's women wanting to one-up each other. What'd your boyfriend get you? What'd your boyfriend get you? We are an anti-Valentine's Day podcast. We've and the pressure about- is on you to outdo yourself from the two months ago when you just spent $500 on Christmas. Now you gotta spend $600 on Valentine's Day. Because it's about us. It's about a relationship. Do you not care about a relationship? Do you not love me? Um, You spent that money on Christmas, so that was like getting Jesus a present. I went, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you spend that money on me? Huh? My name isn't Christmas. That's kind My of name what, isn't Christmas. That's kind of what... That's a name. <laughs> that's kind of what they kind of look at it as. Like, you know, get me something. Plus, they always want their friends. What'd your, what'd your boyfriend get you? Nothing. Luckily, I got Dak, and I, we immediately agreed we're not going to do holidays. We're going to travel. That's the best thing you can fucking do because why the fuck do you want to hear? Give me, let me give you a bunch of shit that you're not going to remember. Or it's going to break. You go on vacation. That shit's fun as fuck. Hell yeah. So we're going to Santa Cruz next month for our one year. That's a smart thing on your part because then you actually get something out of it. Usually you don't get much out of it. You might get a blow. We talked about this. Like you might get a blowjob for Valentine's Day, but it's, nice it's, it's an obligatory Severance kind of eh, blowjob. It's like a blow. That should happen anyways. One like every once a month at least. Mm. You should automatically get a blowjob. Like we. That's what sex relationships. It's it's a given. You don't get to mm-hmm. give me a blowjob and say, oh look, that's your Valentine's Day present or that's your Seriously, Christmas present. That'd be crazy. Bitch, how about you buy me some things for once? I like shiny shit. Fucking <laughs> not, not, not even a severance pop. The nice ones? <laughs> Anybody know? Uh-uh. Shallow How? God damn it. Oh, Jesus. You guys need to watch some more movies. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't know what it was from. <laughs> he said that. Fucker. But anyways, anal sex day is something that Jim Jeffries came up with. as of, And even like like uh, you alluded to Father's Day. Like even Father's Day, the most you, a, a father will get is like a tie or a fucking a coffee mug. Something boring. Well, uh, Mother's Day is seen as a much more big thing and they get even bigger presents from the kids. And yeah, All that stuff, it feels huge. like... As like a man, you don't really get much through holidays. So, anal sex day. It's like, oh, you want to do sexual favors, huh? That's how you're going to give me presents? All right, bitch. Well, let's, let's make that a thing. Mm-hmm. Let's make that an entire holiday. Anal sex day. It's where the fucking man, it's all, or this time it's all about the man. And we're going to fuck you in the ass because we know you don't really like it. Let's do something <laughs> fun that hurts your feelings. Because <laughs> that's what Valentine's Day is to me. <laughs> and then I can lo- lot it over my friends about how you didn't. Let me fuck you in the ass. And now you look like an asshole. The same way I look like an asshole for not buying you diamond fucking earrings yeah. on fucking Valentine's Day. Little does day. she know they're fake. <laughs> doesn't matter because you're still funding an industry. <laughs> that's all about genocide and rape and just the destruction of our of international culture. Fuck diamonds. Even fake ones? But they're fake. Like, literally the fake ones. Not the ones that are getting... You're talking about uh, cubic zirconia? Is that what you're talking about? No, like, they... I don't know now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know what Glass? These are glass. No, they make fucking fake diamonds that look just like the fucking real ones. They're fucking a million times fucking cheaper, and girls can't notice. But if they take <laughs> a, yeah, jeweler, they do. a jeweler, a jeweler They can find notice. out. 
Yeah. And they go. That's what they, they immediately go and find out. They immediately go and find out. And even then, that whole industry, that's getting propped up by it. It's just, it's just a giant encompassing thing of all shiny rocks. But that's why you need to befriend a Jew, right? There you go. Who knows about diamonds. And you bring him over and he's like, oh, no, these are fucking money. But she's going to be like, oh, that's his friend. I can't trust him. But, uh, yeah, so happy April 18th. Our first big current, though, Addy doesn't know about, Rachel actually sent oh, it to us. Shit. So um, <laughs> it's a local one. Right over in Carson City, this went down at. We can we get to skip jumping away, Addy. We can go right now. What's <laughs> going on in Carson City? Yep. <laughs> oh, what's so, not going on? A funeral, that's what. Um, <laughs> this, shout out to Rachel. So this fucking chick, we talked. she knew I was going to go off. She's like, give this to Stevie. <laughs> she did too. She's like, shout this out really to Rachel, dude. Piss me up. <laughs> It's another fucking GoFundMe, Addy. <laughs> I fucking Ugh. hate GoFundMe's. I've, oh, I've so said, I. I've said them when they started. I'm like, anybody, I'm like, you're basically a bum on the internet. You're a social media. <laughs> you're fucking panhandling. Bum. Yeah, panhandling. You're fucking panhandling. Except you put a couple of tit pictures up there too to help get you fucking change and your stupid Patreons and your. Ugh. Oh, I hate Patreon. That makes that just makes even me your gross. mom's it grosses me out. Like, no, not gonna grosses do it. Grosses me out. Not gonna do it. I mean, it's free entertainment, so, you know, a penny a penny or 500 pennies. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I always see girls, because they'll start off, they'll just be doing cosplay. It's like, oh, this, this person's awesome. They make awesome cosplay. Then they say, go check out my Patreon. It's all, oh, if you do, if you subscribe and give me hella money, I'll just get naked for you. It's like, oh, you're a cam girl. You're not a cosplayer. I can't give you because you're wearing clothes. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I like your outfits. Why would I want you to remove those yeah, put outfits? Put it back on. I'll, I'll give you money to it's keep like, it all. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing you naked, but that's not why I was just like... Fuck you. I don't want to pay for it. So this lady, her, uh, she had a son that ended up getting sick in school, and she just like Munchausen by proxy, for people who don't know what that is, it's uh, parents who may harm their children or, or pretend like their children are you know, sick or anything like that to get attention from people. They strive from attention. People find out your kid's sick. What's the first thing they do? I'm going to pray for you, Adney. You got a sick kid. Ain't nobody <laughs> praying for me. Yeah, I don't uh, want anybody praying for me. Oh, motherfucker. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, so, takes her son out of school and then hasn't been to school for months and she just keeps, she's active on social media saying kids getting sicker, leukemia and all this fucking shit. Then she's going to like these, these events in Carson that to like raise money for awareness and shit like that. Then she just announced flat out, uh, my kid died, leukemia, uh, cremated him. Kid's dead. Start a GoFundMe. She's been lying to the school and everything. GoFundMe for what? GoFundMe for, for the funeral. funeral. Because look at my parents. They could have did yeah. that with Grandpa because they got, they got like twenty something thousand dollars, ten thousand the first time we got taken in, then like thirteen whatever the second time. They could have been balling. Luckily they balling. They buried him, so that's fine. <laughs> Unless they buried him for cheaper than we know about. And it's like Grandpa's. Grandpa's got a guy. Expensive. Yeah. What, what if Grandpa's got a guy and he's like, no, it's all free. I know him. He's I got, got a friend guy. of mine. And they're like, we need money. Your parents were lying the whole <laughs> oh, time. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, that could have happened. My, you got bamboozled. The, <laughs> that's right. You just Malcolm X you. <laughs> so, <laughs> th- these people got bit. Carson City got Carson bamboozled. City got, you got, got took. <laughs> you got led astray. Hoodwinked. Run amok. Bamboozled. <laughs> this is what he does. <laughs> the podium when he's talking to everybody? <laughs> yeah, that's Malcolm X piece. Uh, Malcolm, that's a good movie. <laughs> Didn't I say I let you borrow that? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I've seen Malcolm X. It's just been a minute. So she tells everybody, right, that the kid's dead. Come to find out, once the cops start looking and investigating it, 
Kid ain't dead. Kid's alive and well. <laughs> and the family. She got. She ended up getting the kid taken away, I believe. It's what I, maybe I've read the article wrong, but I said, like, Child Protective Service came and took the kid away and everything. She was only able to get two grand. She looks like Patty, too. Uh-huh. Patty would do that shit. I feel Patty like. Patty would say, like, Raymond died, and even though he got taken. <laughs> she did start a GoFundMe. Yeah, she did. Because uh, her son went with the dad, and she didn't like that. Yeah, and what? she's like, oh, I need to go fund me. Not because I, you know, don't have child support anymore. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Child support money. But that's what it reminded me of, hella bad. It's like something Patty would do. Yeah. That's why you have a kid, you murder it, and then you get money. You got to be smart about these things. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to go there, go all the way. Don't be half-ass. Don't half-ass yeah. your don't, schemes. Don't half-ass murdering your kid. You got a full-ass murdering your yeah, kid. Yeah, a whole-ass everything. Don't yeah. ever half-ass. It looks like the... Realty place manager saw the kid and told the cops as they were doing a welfare check, and then oh, that's how she shit. got busted. Dumbass. Because they, they, the kid's walking around like, what a fucking moron! You gotta hide the kid if you're fucking making this hide elaborate your kids, scheme. Hide your wife, because like, everybody go fun out here. <laughs> <laughs> like she's, st- oh my god, it's such a not well thought out scheme. And they were released to the care of child protective. Yeah, services. there you go. This huh? is about as well thought out as a Zack Snyder script. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Yeah. What else oh, happened? Man. Uh, then she got Joss Weeds or Josh Weeds. <laughs> Joss Weeds. I do not like his name. <laughs> Bothers me. Jo- Josh. I think it's Weeds. It she, sounds like, like her Jewish. Like it's like an S W. Josh Weeden. Josh Weeds. Weeden. What? She's in jail now. Uh, I think they released her on bail. No, but no, her bail no. Was set she's not in jail. Even grand. though she faked the kid's death and everything, she got three months probation because women. You know, <laughs> pussy pass. <laughs> pussy pass. I hope she's getting fucked in the ass today on this holiday. Uh, but yeah, it's fucked up. She faked the death of her kid for some money, and he took the kid out of school for months. So the kid's all like, behind. Yeah. he's pretty much gonna have to like redo the grade and shit. It's pretty fucked up. She got him held back, but now he's in that older kid in school banging all those young kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's okay, so sorry. okay, so bitches, I, I I beat leukemia. Manager called I the came cops. Back from the dead. Up. He's Jesus. They took her to jail. They booked her. The yeah. kid went to the fucking That's the system. Like, the kid's yeah. so fucked. That kid's yeah, in the system. Yeah, the system, like, dude. The system is so fucked. Doesn't work out. Right. System, yeah. Look but, at Adam. But is she? But <laughs> she really is in jail, though, right? And like, apparently, the ten-year-old boy confirmed his identity with an officer when the officer was doing a welfare check on the place. Yeah, it's me. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a great two-month <laughs> vacation from school. And so it's this yeah, she me in the house like, for three months, and then I rose back. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> this one's actually like justice was actually served. Like she thought she was getting away with the pussy pass, and then she got got. Yeah, yeah. What's so funny is the kid was fucking. We she, don't know her sentencing yet. She, that's true. She got got, yeah, and the kid was so, seen yeah. on Easter Sunday. If that ain't some Jesus ass shit, I don't know. <laughs> if that ain't some Jesus. He rose again <laughs> on Easter Sunday. I don't know if that's true. Child, but I assume it's God. It's all about God. It's probably not. That's probably not true. But the charges that she got were. For obtaining money under false pretense and filing false statements. I mean, that could be every woman of all time. That doesn't <laughs> narrow it down at all, sir. She also got fined, too. Kept calling the police. <laughs> bothering them. Child's dead. Okay, we know that. Can you move on, please? Move the fuck we on. We can't do anything about it. We're cops. Get over your dead son. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was fucking crazy. But that's going to lead us in. Speaking of... So don't trust anyone who says... Go baby. Anyone yeah. who says I'm a woman. Anyone who <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If they don't have a Y chromosome, don't trust them. We've been it's, we've some proven over the past sixty some odd episodes. Yeah, because that X make her your ex wife, yeah. ex girlfriend, because X X. You know what I mean? X-X. Yeah, dude. Do some before you 
before you invest in it, anybody's GoFundMe. I don't care who the fuck they are, how close they are to you. Investigate the fuck out of that person. Do not trust. <laughs> you got a Batman. You, no, you need to start following them around, right? You need to drive to their house. You need to be a lookout, right? You need to be looking at their house. You follow them to the grocery store. You walk around with them. No, no, no. You that's s- too because you have to get a team no. together. Yeah, you're being a you stalker. follow them for half of the ride. You report back to your buddy. Your buddy catches up, so that way both of you are following them for a second. Then you <laughs> turn off and you go away. She's like, "Oh, I thought that car was following me, but it disappeared." No big deal. But the second car is following her now. And that's how you get good in the tail. <laughs> and then when you pull up to yeah, somewhere, man. you have another one waiting for him. And then you follow him inside the store. Yeah. See, this is Ooh. how you do it. And then okay. you find out how much money they're receiving on their GoFundMe. So you kidnap the child, right? And then you get that GoFundMe money. But you don't need a GoFundMe. I'd, I'd much rather pay a fucking kidnapper than a GoFundMe account. Ooh, Sorry. It's a hard pick. Because it feels more real. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least the kidnapper ain't lying about they stole your kid. Huh? They legitimately stole yeah. your kid. Looking around like, all right, there is no kid here. So, yeah, I'm going to pay this. <laughs> like, they did kidnap my child. So, kidnappers are more honest they than are. most mothers is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Be a kidnapper, not a mother. How about right. that? That's hey, what. parents are assholes. And, okay, that's anyways, my, moving on. That's my, uh, that's, that's my you know, uh, support of the day or whatever. Be a kidnapper. Advice, advice <laughs> of the day. Advice of the day. I couldn't, why can't I think of that word advice? Because I, I don't give it out. That's probably why. Because you don't um, have any. I don't have any. We got another current event you wanted to bring up. Ooh, yeah. Speaking of psycho-ass bitches. Um, mm, that kind of fit. <laughs> so we talked about this before on the podcast, how psycho and Alfred Hitchcock in general is the king of thrill. Yeah, I mean he. I, I, Alfred Hitchcock, legendary filmmaker, arguably one of the all-time greats from silent films and he early became early black, black and white, white early color. black and white. Yep, and the early color. So this made me resonate with today's horror. Horror doesn't really get it right anymore. Uh, Don't breathe was really good. Get and Cloverfield well. ten Cloverfield Lane was ten good. Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, get three out good well. horror movies in the past. 30 years. Uh, no, no. Cabin in the Woods. But see, these are all That's, like thrillers. They're not... I yeah, but Cabin in the Woods horror. was all about deconstructing the genre. It was almost like and a Scream thing. Like, scream thing's meta. How, scream is meta. Wes Craven introduced meta horror when yeah, he, he made Scream. Totally and then did. Wes Craven's new Nightmare. When Scream first came out, come on. It was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> this made me... Since we're going to talk about this, it made me really think... I, an author that I follow posted this. I was like, man, that really resonates with today's modern horror and why they get it wrong it's an alfred hitchcock quote and it says there is no terror in the bang only in the anticipation of it which mm. i think is fucking because nowadays it's all brilliant. just the bang over and over yeah. again it's the jump scares that's not really yeah. scary you don't leave that being still scared you know what i mean like people weren't scared to go into a beach for fucking decades after jaws because the shark kept Popping out at him. Uh-huh. No, it was because uh-huh. you never got to see the shark, and it was all that fucking simple music tone, and it was a buildup, and it was that's what real terror is. Which uh, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> Jaws, Jaws. <laughs> Steven Spielberg got right. But what's funny is they were gonna show the shark more, and they didn't because it looked so shitty. But it fits so fucking properly. Made the movie better, <laughs> and people were so fucking terrified of water. It's things like that. The movie Birds. Birds aren't scary. I'll fucking bring the lorry out there with me. Fucking going around. Birds want to come to me. Right. She'll kill every fucking bird. My but cat's a my, my cat's a known killer now. He oh, made yeah. he made birds scary. Like you're like every, seagulls. People bro. were ah, <laughs> scared to go Peacocks. outside. No, oh. that was seagull. It sounds similar. <laughs> every bird sounds like <laughs> make a bird sound. <laughs> every every bird sounds like Stevie bragging about him. But anyways, every bird I'm like, oh, these seagulls are they're pro me. <laughs> so Alfred Hitchcock's classic Psycho, which they already have redone. 
which I hated. Shot for shot remake with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Man, I'm glad I missed that, Bo. You uh, are glad you missed that. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> Vince Vaughn was like, I fucked up. Uh, but the movie, the original movie we've already talked about, it's great. It did something completely different. It killed off its fucking main female character in the beginning of the film. No other film had, had done that prior. People were like, you're making a mistake. Well, making as well film. as building up a thrill, or not thrill, like anticipation yeah, yeah, throughout yeah, the anticip- whole entire yep, movie. Like, yep. what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Not showing the killer. Not showing this. Not showing Still that. Still one of the greatest uh, uh, thrillers or horrors of all time. It's a legendary flick. It's so influential. The, the the fucking bathroom bathtub scene is so I copied and homaged yeah. and parodied to this day. It's it's just it's ridiculously iconic. It's hard to get more iconic than that fucking yeah. movie. Yeah, and yeah. um the the house and the uh, hotel still stand at Universal Studios, and they have an entire fucking like a uh, gift shop dedicated just to that fucking movie. There's blood and like fucking like towels like it's in a hotel. Next like to that better be one dedicated to Alfred fucking Hitchcock. You can buy like Bates Motel toiletries, <laughs> like <laughs> shampoo and yeah. shit like that. Which we were young, we couldn't do it. But we're gonna go back. We're gonna get them oh, all. We're gonna get them. We're gonna get I them did. All. I did. I did. I had the little pack of the shampoo oh, and the towel and everything. But why so, are we bringing this up, Stevie? We're bringing this up <laughs> because of course they're remaking it. Because why do they? have Why to wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you remake everything? Because of money. Because <laughs> of money. Exactly. So did the second one do well? Do you know? That well, the, the they Vince made a, one. Yeah. They actually made a remake, and then they did like a number two and a number three. I think it started getting cheap as it went on later on. So somebody wants to redo it, but now the shower scene is the most iconic scene. That's that's the entire Drink. twist of the movie. The entire twist of the movie. Spoilers is that you find out that his mother is not alive, and he has schizophrenia. He's you, yeah, you think it, you think his mother is killing people. And that his, he's talking to his mother. You hear him talking to his mother. You think like, oh, wow, this old crazy bitch is murdering people. Turns out she's dead. He's been dressing up like his mother and killing people because he created her in his head. He just kind of sees her and he embodies her. Yeah, he couldn't envision the idea of him losing her because that's it's based off of Ed Gein. And he did the same thing. He couldn't lose his mom. He's obsessed with his mom. Uh, so that's the whole but yet he killed premise. Her. That's the whole – no, he didn't – well, in real life, he did not kill her. Oh, really? No, oh. she died. And then Just like a normal death? Yeah, just a normal oh. death, I believe. He I only killed two people. The, the last person he killed was on my birthday, November 16th, and that's how he got caught. Some girl in a store. But uh, now in the film, that's the whole twist. You see the mom, quote-unquote, what you think is the mom, killing the girl in the shower, and you're like, holy shit, this bitch is crazy. It's so beautifully shot, too, because you just see her from the back, like, oh my god, this old lady's fucking nuts! <laughs> and then, like, you see, like, when you when it shows her, for, like, all you see is, like, a shadowy silhouette, yeah. and it's just, like, this old lady's creepy, like, it's 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 awesome. And it's studied to this day in oh, film yeah, school was, and everything. Yeah, sure. It's Chris is like, yeah, they made me fucking watch that thing 84 times. <laughs> like Mainly he, that fucking scene. Here's, and here's a quote from the 1950s, it's like, damn, Alfred Hitchcock done changed the game. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a direct 1950s quote. And... <laughs> What they're doing, they're redoing it, okay? Yeah. Everyone knows if you're going to redo it, you can put your own spin Humphrey on everything. Humphrey Bogart is the one who said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a Humphrey Bogart quote. It's a Bogart quote. But if, if you redo this movie, you got there's some things you have to have in these films. There's some things that are iconic. You have Freddy Krueger, you got to have the fucking hand. you got to have the burnt fucking antagonist. you got to have Freddy like that. you got to have Jason's mask and his machete, right? All these things are very like important when it comes to these fucking horror movies. you got to have Michael Myers' mask. Now, in Psycho, that scene is the one scene. You can do whatever the fuck you want in any other scene. You have to have the shower scene. It was so iconic, and it's so rare at its time that you have to have that scene. And every other thing, everything that's redone 
Psycho, they've had that shower scene. Now, they want to cut out the shower scene, which, that's the whole part of the twist, all because of transphobia. Yeah, well, but they think it's transphobia. That, that transphobic. type of filmmaking is dead and gone, so of course they're not going to want to redo that scene because they don't feel that it has any monetary value. Here's Why the thing, want if you're actually a good filmmaker, you would... Re, uh, innovate. You would yeah. do like a, basically the same kind of thing, but do do your own take on it. Yeah. Make it a more interesting shot. Use what we have today, techniques that we've learned so far to redo that. The point is like the whole point, part, big part of the story of itself is that it turns out that the killer is this really nice, seemingly nice, innocent, soft-spoken guy who's actually has a dual personality. He thinks he's his mother. He pretends to be his mother and kills people in that persona. Well, they're going to take that away. So he's not pretending to be his mother. He's not dressing up as his mother because they're afraid of people online and everything attacking what? the movie yeah. for transphobia. Yep. And they're going to think, oh, like, oh, you made you made your bad guy um, a crossdresser. That's transphobia. That's what they're, the studio is afraid of happening. They're so afraid of social justice warriors online attacking them for portraying uh, uh, crossdressing in this horrible manner that they, like, we don't. We don't even want to do. It. We don't want to touch it. We're not you know, touch I'm at actually all. rooting for social justice warriors on this one. I'm not gonna well, lie because well, I don't want them to remake the movie. Good. Sorry. Okay. Good. Like, that's a. That's a solid point. That's a solid point. Don't remake it at all. You know what? I, okay. We're gonna start a petition. All right. I will be on the side of <laughs> yeah, social justice we'll warriors under the guise that oh yeah we, we care about we care about that <laughs> we really think it's super true. We can get them on our movement for them not remaking. I am, the movie. I am hurt. I am mad. I'm, I'm hurt that they're transphobia in the Hollywood. You don't even know if it's a zim, zer, they, them, zer, are you, even, are you even giving it a gender pronoun <laughs> on, in the script? It gives you its gender pronoun. We gotta ban it. Gotta ban it. Actually, if you look at it from the filmmaker's perspective, they never say that it's a woman. You just perceive Norman so as really, a woman uh, because oh, just because he has a, a white wig on and a Norman? dress, you assume he's a woman in this. Oh, how about that? No, you're being not gender fluid. <laughs> yep, right. Or That's JWs. What? Take that one. <laughs> social, media, <laughs> social media justice. Put that, in your, put that on your pipe and yeah. smoke it. But if they end up do remaking, put it. that in your vape pen and smoke <laughs> it. If they does it does it have any like uh, specifics like directing, like acting, anything like I didn't that, read or is it, it just like uh, they threw a script on the fucking studio's desk and they're like, ah, maybe we'll do. Well, it. sorry, yeah, they dug up the old fucking uh, Alfred Hitchcock fucking script and they just threw it at him. <laughs> sorry, um, I wanted to read it, but I was so triggered. Uh, that, that I didn't go in depth fully. I I just read that that's, that's what awesome, they were afraid no. of. But that's the whole point. Like that's the so the twist. That that's the only time you see the mother Norman Bates as the mother in the beginning. You just hear her in the room. So that's the whole thing. Because no, Ed, Ed Gein completely boarded off his mother's room, and when they found it, it was all the same shit, all laid out Do the same really way and everything. Do we really need another fucking... Hell like, Dean! Hell like Dean! You have Cycle the Original, and then you have all those other <laughs> the ones that got and Hell with Vince Vaughn, and then you also have Bates Motel. It's like, how many fucking times we're gonna beat the story down? I know, but so, like, that's the thing, is like, Bates Motel is actually a really good show. Yeah, I actually really dig it. It's and actually really plays Vera Farmiga. Amazing. She, like, <laughs> this... Oh, she's so hot. Dude, and Running Scared is when she was the hottest. And not even just like, it's not just that she's hot. She, she The way she play, and yeah. the way that Norman like points it out to her, it's like, I know what you're doing, mother. I know you're doing this whole the innocent babe in the woods kind of thing. And she does that so fucking well. She acts her ass off in that show. <laughs> okay, I, am, I, am I the only one who thinks this? But Emma, 
The one with the tubes? I think she's hot. She was cuter with the tubes? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I... <laughs> well, yeah, because... agrees with me, by the way. Well, because, like, she was a lot more adorable when she had the tubes in her face <laughs> and she was about to die any day. Yeah, because then it's sympathy. People are like, right this way, sir. It's like yeah. that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where he gets a girl in a wheelchair and everyone's like... Oh, they're like, we're, we're, we're full, sorry. And he looks up and he goes, you know what? There's a table right here. <laughs> and everyone just keeps looking at da- uh, Larry David and they're all like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, that's, I'm upset that they're remaking it already. That's fucking stupid. Well, but the they fact that they would change. Alone. But yeah, if you're going to remake it, that's something you can cut out any other scene. You could fucking cut out the car scene at the end when they're pulling it out of the swamp. Do whatever you want. End it a different way. But like, well, don't add it. You gotta have him in there thinking him in his own head. I won't even hurt a fly. Or his mom. Oh, like, dude, I won't even hurt a fly. Yeah. That scene has to stay in there and the scene in the shower. Those two scenes, because that that ending that scene is, is Stop so touching good. masterpiece. It's like, Thank you. why are, are people redoing the Mona Lisa? Is someone up there painting the Sistine <laughs> Chapel again? No. Point. Like, what the fuck is going on? Stop remaking the good fucking movies. Some movies, I agree, they need to be remade because they were before their time, all that jazz. Remake but Psycho does not need to be remade. Don't. Shitty movies with good scripts. Yeah. Remake those. Exactly. I know that song. I can't think of us top of my head. I would need a couple more strong. But what, what, River, River flows to you by Yuruma, but it's Le- Bella's Lullaby. Mm. So I thought it would be fun for us to bring up a mu- another music topic. What I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about the importance of albums and how the craft and the beauty... <laughs> the craft and the beauty of albums is somewhat a lost art form in today's culture because you have stuff like mumble rap you have stuff uh, yeah. like the chain smokers you have all these things that are being monetary monetarily valued over the actual craft over the actual music itself and skipping you also have this idea where you can listen to one song or shuffle through it back in the day you couldn't do that and so you were almost forced to listen to it all the way through the way that the artist intended you to listen to it and that's where you get concept albums and you get a lot of albums that like you have to listen song for song to completely understand what the artist was trying to portray in that album Pink Floyd did that a lot yeah man Pink Floyd I was gonna bring up Pink Floyd actually and the Dark Side of the Moon Moon album and the Wall is crazy because when you were listening to it it takes you on a journey whereas all these new ones it's just like pop sense it's like like, oh yeah we're having fun even Bruno Mars' album which I actually really did enjoy but it did fall flat because there wasn't really any substance to it it's just a dance album and you're like okay that's cool but like is that it that's just face it's value fun, it but, is fun but, but that's that, that so you so we're gonna dance a lot like okay cool what's really cool about pink floyd's um dark side of the moon is that it takes you on a journey and when you're listening to it and you're not sitting there on your phone you're not texting people you're not watching a movie you're doing what I as did. you're fucking lay listening the, to the fucking lay yeah. on the ground you need to all... actually take the fucking album in and listen to it something that's really simple that you can kind of do both is go on a walk go on a hike or something like that even though it's not the same because honestly what you should do is just sit down and fucking listen to it you have to force yourself to listen to an album and in today's media driven world it's the hardest fucking thing ever to do and it's also something that not a lot of people do because the albums nowadays suck they're just mm-hmm. garbage it's all money now but it's you all money do have driven, yeah. special artists that do care about the craft of albums yeah, you're right. that you can find in today's day and, yep. day and age because 
music is available at your fingertips and they are putting content out there and now they're not making their money off of album sales or maybe a number one uh, smash hit. No, they have to go on tour. They need to get merch. That's how they're making all their money now. So if they can't make a good fucking record and have a good show with the record, they're not going to make any money. But to that point, that's actually kind of why these mumble rappers are actually being successful because even though their albums are pretty much dog shit, it gets people excited because it's not heavy thinking. You, you don't, don't have, have to think. think. Yep, exactly. It's escapism at yeah. its finest because all you're doing is quote unquote turning up for stuff yeah, like the Migos. It's the same with all, all like every fucking girl loves to go to fucking Coachella and shit yeah. like that. So they could just like, I just love dancing. I love music. I love festivals because they want to get fucked up. They want to fucking listen to some dumbass songs they don't ever have to think about. And then they could just get while they're fucking wasted, get plowed up by five guys at once. Yeah, That's what it is. And, um, there, like you said, there are several artists out there who, who do say, you know what? I want my album to mean something. I want it to be a story. You brought up, um, like, I think it was, I think you were talking about Childish's last album. When, like, uh, the because whole, yeah, the internet. Yeah. Like, you listen to the whole album and, and you realize there's an overarching story to everything. And, like, the, he's trying to tell you a story through all the songs. You have to listen to it all in a row. Then you're like, oh, I get the story that he's trying you're to just, say. You're, like, listening to it and you're like, man, there's something here as you're listening to it. Because it's a lot of musical tones and notes and it's just... It's just Gambino being a great musician as he is, but then he'll do like little like ah, like shit with his voice. <laughs> but then what you didn't know is that there's a fucking screenplay to it. So when yeah, you first, yeah. it, the only reason, only way you would know that is if you bought the vinyl. If you got the vinyl, it came with the screenplay, and then it tells you start it now, start reading it, and then as you're reading it, it tells you when to stop a record, when to start the record, all that good stuff. So it's an entire fucking experience. You're involved. Really fucking yeah, fun. you're involved, and I think you know. It tells the story about the boy that I've I've mentioned before. I hope Gambino gets big and like big enough and like makes enough money to where he can. Take that album and make a movie out of it, Man. like do like Pink Floyd did with the Wall. I really hope that he can do a movie funny, though, that involves the, the, the his music. Like, uh, well, that involves the music. Super I niche, mean, you know, like it's not going to be something that's going to monetarily make him any money, really, and it's going to be something super niche. I think that's why he hasn't really done anything with it because he wants projects like Atlanta. Well, he wants to make a name for himself first, and then maybe you're right, he might do it. What? When has he been about the money? Because if he was, he would have. Uh, he would have came no, in with. Fair. He's always been successful. He's yeah, been the problem good is, is he years. he needs enough money to be able to yeah. finance his own movie. That's true. Expensive. That's the only GoFundMe I would pitch in. I'll pitch in for that. <laughs> but he's earned our trust. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because he has not yet to do something that's horrible. If he like, if he really did care about making money he would have gave everybody what they wanted he would give them bars on his last album but instead he did something experimental and something completely different gave us funk which exactly. is why that was such a great album it was something that was innovative something that was experimental something that he wasn't fucking fans. expected <laughs> seriously he trolled all of his fucking yeah. fans not only his fans but he kind of trolled the whole entire hip-hop world first of all nobody even knew it was coming out it was completely fucking random we didn't even expect anything to come from him because he has to be lando he's doing atlanta he has his entire fucking plate full of other activities that there's no way you thought that he would be able to have the time to do it and yet out of nowhere out of left field three years after because of the internet he drops a an amazing soulful album i really enjoy it now go ahead um in the 70s if you don't know there was, there was the Greatest era for music, iconic. I mean, you have some of the greatest bands you can ever think of that are classic tra traveling all at the same time. They're yeah, the all same, going on crazy. tour. You, if, yeah, if that happened now, you'd be like, that's a fucking super tour. It would sell out it would be immediately. Like, yeah, yeah. And these bands were 
on the radio. Now you listen to radio music and it's fucking terrible. I always say this. New radio music, I can't listen to the radio at all. The music fucking sucks. Unless you listen to the classic oh, rock Oh no, you're station, completely right. What, what like quick that. side note, um, this guy on Reddit, it was like, dude, I'm over the fucking chain smokers. So he made this little fucking video and he was like, I want to just tell everybody like how basic the fucking chain smokers are. And then he made a chain smokers song in literally two fucking minutes. And he's like, I've had two classes of musical progression and I can do what the fucking chain smokers are doing. <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. But it's anyway, true. You're right. That. And it's it, they're doing it cheap and easy and getting it out there just so they can make money. Because if you, the simplest form that it's in, um, it's like a lot of look those. Look at that fucking bad and bougie song that became so ridiculous. He's just yeah. saying the same fucking thing it's, over and over again. The fucked up thing about that whole entire album is I don't, I don't want to say I like it, but I can understand where people can enjoy it because I, it I mean, is I understand fun. Too, but but th- everyone kept saying raindrop like this that like making up rhymes all over all over drop the top. Yeah, yeah all over the internet drop everyone was, was, was <laughs> repeating that exact same two lines you do that and right then adding the yeah, whole thing and it was so like shut the fuck <laughs> up we, we can do that like, right I'm now I'm the original bad and bougie people <laughs> posting pictures of themselves like what the fuck is wrong with you and I mean listen to an album you, you want to listen to Little John from the window of the wall. That's a good fucking song. I'm not right there, I love that song. I, no, we, we talked about that. Parties weren't parties until that song came out. No, I'm for sorry. Sure. That song kind of made it. But to me, new music nowadays, it reminds me of movies that are like the date movie or like, like the, the spoofs. Yeah, it's spoof movies. It's like the Medea of music is <laughs> like most of the bands. Yeah, I they swear. found their formula and they're just going to hammer it home yeah. for the rest and of you, eternity. You don't get thought process everyone just you, go listen to any old band and you find some of the greatest fucking lyrics of all time they were trying to speak to a movement and that's why a lot of underground music now you finding it it means a lot and that's why Devil Makes Three means a lot to me and that's why I had to show Adney and Adney loves it because of their message they're not rich they don't have money at all they make money from traveling they eat but the message behind the music is fucking incredible not only are they trying to keep almost like a dying genre alive, like blues or jazz or folk music, but they're also trying to, to spread the same message that folk did. Everyone come together, almost like a logic thing. Everyone come together as one. Everyone be one. Fuck the government. Fuck religion. Equality for all. is this, That's basic message and also drink and have fun. Two, music was so important then, and the people that do love it or that do want to keep that feeling alive and, and say something meaningful is usually underground music, shit that you have to actually search for, not the shit you find on the radio. I think pretty much everyone agrees with that. Even yeah, people yeah. who do like, even people who like uh, radio music and listen to it all the time, even they would agree that the best. There's so much stuff underground that's like that's the shit. Yeah. But what we have now that we didn't have before is that we have so much fucking content out there that it's hard to swallow everything. And so you might make a mistake and then you wind up being a Chainsmokers fan just because you happen to... Like, <laughs> you might make a mistake, <laughs> mistake and then you... I'm, like, I'm posting you that. You might make a mistake and become a Chainsmokers fan. <laughs> but but there's, a, there's a place you can go. Don't worry. There's, <laughs> people talk to each other and like, there's Hi, Chris. But what, you have, yeah. you, what you have to do is you have to... I think the, the bet... The, I'm trying to get the best thing for you to do is you have to have a good base. If you don't have a good base that you know this is an album I like, this is an album I like, this is an album I like, 
and they're not just face value. They're conceptual. There's something inside of the album, whether it's a story arc or rather it's like this song is complete and it's a complete end. It's and then the next root, song and, and you the next branch song. off from that like a tree. And then that's where you'll be able to find great other albums yeah. rather than just singles, rather than just building a Spotify playlist and having all these random fucking artists and you're only listening to one or two songs by each one and skip, 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 constantly consuming, constantly consuming. Stop, take a step back. And listen to an album multiple times. Try to see which way the artist was going. See if the artist even did have a vision. I want to talk about one real fast. My base from where I draw my greatest album from is going to come from, of course, Black Sabbath, Paranoid. And I honestly think that it is the best record to date. And here's why. There is not one bad song on that album, okay? It's Paranoid. It has war pigs. Generals gathered in their masses. Just like witches at black masses. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. Machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, larger! And not only is there not one bad song on this album? These are still songs being constantly played on yeah. almost every single yep. rock station. I hear War Pigs all the time. There's a reason Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner, they're now, all the still being played. The reason I didn't want to say because Led Zeppelin num uh, number four, that album was absolutely amazing. But the problem is I don't know what they stole on it. I don't know what they didn't create. <laughs> I don't know who they didn't credit. So for me, I just have to put it in my own terms and it would be like, well... I shot that fucking shot, Play and that dog. motherfucker Play put it in his dog. movie, and that fucking movie made a hundred million fucking dollars, and the fucking first scene in the fucking trailer is the shot that I fucking shot, or and I'm not getting any fucking credit for it. But if you, it, if you look at if you look at it like this, we're not saying who's the best songwriters and then crediting Led Zeppelin. We're saying what's the best album, exactly. regardless of who wrote it, who created and it. And that is up there. That one's really yeah. fucking close. It's a it's either two or three. So I was I, I was I thought we were gonna get into. Kendrick takes. I am going to oh, get into Kendrick. Okay. Kendrick's going to be later, though. Oh, I want to first start a base. Yeah. Okay, so, so then we everybody... should all do our albums and then talk about oh, Kendrick. Good job, and say, yeah. We'll come out this week. We get a great album. And yeah, that'd be Christian. cool. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, um, so cookies or whatever. <laughs> let's go through. Okay, first of all, it's only eight tracks. What you have a lot right now coming out are double albums. Kanye, twenty-five tracks. Boom! It's too much, and and it's and it's too scatterbrained. There's not a there's not a through through line throughout the whole entire yeah. thing if it's going to be an album you need to make it it doesn't have to be a story it doesn't even have to be conceptual but it at least has to be complete it's a it's like a menu in a restaurant fucking smaller is always better because the more items you have the more likely you are for things to go bad you can't use that product as much if you want to save money and give a good a good fucking 
menu, you make it smaller, you condense it, and you fine tune the items you have. You keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> Kiss, keep it simple, stupid. That's the band band name, Kiss. They, that's what they, that's their name, band name. <laughs> that's Not Knights and Satan Service. Just keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and their songs were super simple. And they were, I was made for love. Hey, you, it's all about fucking. No, yeah, we, we, Bill Burr talked about it. Bill Burr's like, fuck Kiss. What about Detroit Rock City, man? <laughs> fuck Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, okay, so you have... War picks slash Luke's Wall, and that Luke's Wall is the transition into Paranoid. Paranoid is also another great fucking song. single song paranoid then you have planet caravan iron man is literally the soundtrack to a fucking superhero that when you think of iron man you literally not only think of tony stark but you also think of the fucking song Seventies. Oh, yeah. Forty years oh, later, yeah, yeah. they used that song as their leading promo song. That was what jumps off fucking Iron Man. Was a song from forty fucking years ago. War Pigs, though, dude. I mean, come on. The entire album is War absolutely Pigs amazing, is so but it's only good. it's it's eight songs and it's only forty two minutes. So it's something that's palatable. It's only forty two minutes. You can start it and finish it within. A, that's a fucking hike. You spend that much time on Facebook, exactly. looking through shit, looking through Instagram. So not only is just every fucking song on here a complete classic but they all fit together each song is complete there's not even when you're listening to it from start to finish when a track ends it ends it doesn't like do the pink floyd the wall thing where it's like Flows. oh is it ending is it going into the next one am i fucking tripping no it's it's complete it's concise it's tight and then it even allows you a little space to breathe after the first track it's like okay now i'm gonna give you three to five seconds to breathe a little bit get your wits about you and then boom it comes into it and then it hits you on a completely different tempo the entire album is like rolling or like you're on a roller coaster you're going up and you're going down and it's taking you through an emotional journey and that's why another reason why that album is so amazing also it's something awesome. that sabbath did before anyone else while led zeppelin aerosmith you have all these bands doing guitar solos what did fucking black sabbath do <laughs> brought in the drum solo baby also fucking epic like 
they didn't suppress themselves to the norms. They were like, okay, well, this is how Led Zeppelin made their album. This is how Aerosmith made their album. This is how, so we should probably do it like that. No, they were like, we're Black Sabbath. I'm going to fucking drink this bat's blood on stage in front of everybody, and we're going to be yeah, our own fucking thing. is way more metal. It's great to start off with an album that you know is a great album, and that's a great album. If you haven't listened to it from start to finish, do it. It's not hard. Don't look at your fucking phone for 45 minutes. It's honestly not that hard, and if you don't, I am going to challenge you. If you don't look at your phone for the first five fucking minutes, the album will entice you and it will invite you and you'll want to listen to the whole fucking thing. You just have to try. And that's what we aren't doing anymore because we have so much music out there. You have Spotify, you have Pandora, you have Apple Music, you have all these platforms and everything is literally a fingertip away that you can just start fucking listening to it that we are consuming too much and we're not even getting to really appreciate the art form of albums album that I wanted to bring up I'm not going to say it's my favorite album of our time or I think it's the greatest album of all time but I do think that it is a great album and uh, also it's very very important and what I'm talking about is the 29 recordings of Robert Johnson from 1936 god damn you went oh way oh my <laughs> fucking god dude you won I gotta go next <laughs> oh my god this we wouldn't have Black Sabbath we wouldn't have any of these bands. These wouldn't exist. All these yeah, other bands we're going to get to. I didn't go yeah. that deep. I, I kind of stopped. Like, my music kind of stops around the 60s and the 70s. That's where I kind of, like, go to. I don't go That's to, okay, the, young blood. to the 40s <laughs> and shit. So. <laughs> also, this album originally... Sorry, I'm, I'm Go gonna, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's so cheaply done and so scratchy and so, mm. like, the recording is so terrible. It's been remastered so many times to get this to kind of show you, like, all right, we're going to get a little better, we're going to get a little better, but... The original recording, I mean, it it's was scrappy shit. as it's fuck. It's so fucking. Yeah, but it's because super they punk did it, rock before punk rock ever it, even tried yeah. to exist. If they didn't record it analog and they did it how they do it in today's day and age, and it was digital and it was recorded like that, they wouldn't be able to remaster it because that's the copy. But uh, for those who might not know, Robert Johnson birthed the blues and in turn birth rock and roll because white people didn't have the rhythm to do the blues <laughs> so they just True. sped it up and turned it into rock and roll <laughs> so for all these incredible bands like all like this the incredible album that we got from Black Sabbath all this we talked about Led Zeppelin all these amazing rock bands that we're going to talk about that we all love so much they all took inspiration from Robert Johnson and they all saw what he did and like this is this is revolutionary no one ever played guitar the way he like he, yeah, he played I've, I was I was showing Adney cuz I had learned uh, a drunken art of man there and I was like fuck this shit's you so ex- beautiful and so difficult and I was telling Adney dude it's fucking was hard. he like actually like classically trained or did he just kind of no, pick up tra- a guitar and self- like, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> but what's that's what's interesting is that you would think that over time Oh, a, a guitar would have, you know it's evolving so that it would get cr- progressively harder to play you think like the fucking the solos that were going crazy in the 80s would be the hardest to play and like stuff back in 1936 it would be nothing but like Stevie said he could play a lot of these fucking songs that we're going to talk about and yet when it, when he tried to do some Robert Johnson shit it's like what the fuck how do you have like eight fingers <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's you have to understand music more that's the whole thing you could fucking play and listen to a song but to understand the rhythm to feel the rhythm 
and just play it like muscle memory. Of course, you practice yeah, some you're, enough. You you're can definitely get it. fucked because you're all white. Luckily, <laughs> I got some black in fucked. me. I can get the rhythm down at least, you know. And then Andy, he's Latino, <laughs> spicy. <laughs> so, Italians are spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Italians are spicy. Italians, Italians are cool too, well, of, dude. Of course, black people had to give us. They gave us music. The reason being is because it's literally called the blues. There's no white person ever. It's like, yeah, I got the blues. No, you don't. <laughs> You're white. <laughs> uh, do you? Well, do you really? <laughs> the reason why Stevie's so close to the Robert Johnson songs is because of how fucked up his childhood was. <laughs> so he's getting there. Yeah. He knows a little bit about being sad. I, 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 I got the blues, but only like black and blue because that hit me in the face a lot. You know, and that was the only blues that I got. But he created this fucking style of music and the way that it's played is so yeah before weird. Thing, before Robert Johnson people were playing like gospel that's all you ever heard was gospel music yeah which everything kind of stemmed like gospel is a big part of like blues and the movement and everything and, and he, he started this weird where it's like this it's this weird twang he just yeah. ring, ring, ring. like he the way he would play with the strings on the guitar while he was just like he'd be picking with like eight fingers at once on um, with one hand and then his other hand is moving back and forth along the neck of the guitar just fucking with like this is how sound reverberates, and I'm going to take that in its essence and fuck with it and move it to my own rhythm and just kind of stop for a second and like sing a line or two and then go back to this beautiful Dude, way of manipulating what a guitar can do. And that's the what limits of it. Yeah, country stole that. Like, all this new pop fucking country bullshit, if you take out the slide guitar in it, it just sounds like pop songs. The slide guitar, wow, wow, like yeah. that shit. That's all from Robert Johnson. Him fucking doing that, like they put the metal on their finger and slide yeah, it. Yeah, he would get like a little metal tube, put it around like his uh, his ring finger on his left hand and help use that to help like just stroke the strings. Yep, it reverberates and there's a guitar that actually is used for blues specifically and folk if they, if they play blues. It looks like guitar, but it's metal on the inside, so it vibrates. When you play it, it sounds a little mm. off, but the way that it's done is so that you can vibrate the sound. It's called a, reverber a reverberator, Rever I think. Um, before you move on, um, back to your point that you were talking about how Stevie has a hard time with Robert Johnson songs and not something new. Maybe Robert Johnson kind of had a, an easier time with it because he didn't come from a foundation where it's like, no, this is how you play the guitar. This is this string, this is this string, this is this string. These are chords, la da 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 Because he was able to experiment more. He was able to kind of do whatever he wanted to do. And there wasn't somebody, like a teacher or it's something like that. Yeah, that's oh, it's a, already been, yeah. yeah that's exactly. like, it's basically, that's kind of what Bruce Lee talked about with martial arts is that everyone is stuck into their own particular discipline. Yeah. And they, they're like, <laughs> there's, bring there's, you around to martial arts. there's rules <laughs> that you're not supposed to break with each discipline. It's like the fancy mess of martial arts has become something that's destroyed what was once fluent and that it should if you go from nothing and if you, you could be water my friend if you could do that you could you could say more and that's what i think chris is trying to say is that since he didn't have the classical base of all yeah. these rules and structures that he, all basically, he, wrote. he was just he was fluid he was water from the yeah. beginning and that's why my album is mumble rap <laughs> you know but, uh, just don't stick to the rules to the whole uh teaching the whole the beginning the training that you're gonna talk about is well the reason that robert johnson played the way he played is because he sold his soul to the devil chris <laughs> god <laughs> no, no not Listen. god the devil <laughs> <laughs> satan <laughs> but that's the legend of robert johnson is that he went down to the crossroads um so the crossroads were actually uh the intersection of highways one and eight down in mississippi Adney Moses off of memory. He's not reading anything off an iPad <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, yeah, um, this it, it's that's the thing is it's it's basically he did do twenty nine um, 
different songs. A couple of them were recorded twice, so there's like two takes. Okay. But it's a, that's what we found. That's what we have of Robert Johnson's music is just these recordings. Just these 29. That's it. Just these 29 songs. Damn. And uh, they're basically just throwing a collection together, so it kind of counts as one album. And some of them are pretty short, but um, every song is influential in its own right. And it's like how he invented this new type of music and then here's all these different ways to how to do it. I'm going to take it in all these hmm. different directions. And like, there is a through a lot of through lines. Like he, like in the most famous Robert Johnson song is the crossroads where he talks about going down to the crossroads. movie made out of it. Like you mentioned before. Yeah. yeah that's actually how I found out about Robert Johnson was from a movie uh, <laughs> called the crossroads uh, in which fucking Ralph Macchio is in love with the blues and he meets Willie Brown, the friend of Robert Johnson, who Robert Johnson sings about. And Adney is the one that showed me Robert Johnson. And yet I picked up a guitar long that's before, funny. long yeah. before he even told me, he was like, dude, you got that's irony, which is, which is funny. <laughs> I've shown him a lot of music. He's the one that showed me the person that would get me into my favorite genre. So him showing me Robert Johnson is what, or the guy covering Robert Johnson is what led me into the genre that I love now. So it's like a very cool back and forth, us showing music to each other our whole lives. Yeah, Robert Johnson, the song about the crossroads, which is so iconic because it's all about him going down to the crossroads and he fell down on his knees and he, he meets the devil there and that's when he sold his soul in order to play the guitar. like these legends about how Robert Johnson would try and play around. He was hoboing. He was, you know, riding yeah, the rails. He was, homeless. Yeah, he was riding the rails yeah. and he would try to play a guitar. And everyone was like, oh my God, you're horrible. Get the hell out of here. Then all of a sudden one day he goes back and these people who said he sucked are like, he was playing like we've never heard. It was, it was insane. It was like overnight, just what happened. And the whole hmm. legend of him selling his soul to the devil. And then he has another song. It's called like Hellhound on my trail. And he talks about how he's constantly running, constantly moving. He's constantly being chased by this thing. Like he, that's how his life is going to end. Does it? Does we he don't, like, did we, he die of natural causes? We don't know or? exactly he's, how his he life died. Is oh, really? such a mystery. We get pictures of him. I actually wanted to get a tattoo of him because there's a couple pictures how you get. How old was he when he died? I think pretty, no, 20, he was 27. He's in the 27 Club. What? Yeah, no he started way. the 27 started Club. Just, yeah. <laughs> how fucking epic is that? This is going last. And all those, mom, all my all those other motherfuckers probably sold their soul to the devil too. And they just didn't talk about it because Robert <laughs> Johnson had the balls to make music about selling a soul to the devil. And he talks about it. He's like, he's like, you can run, you can run. Tell my friend. Willie Brown, 
you can run, you can run, tell my friend Willie Brown. But it's like saying, like, he's, he's going to catch up to us. We both sold our soul to the devil, and he's going to find us. And he's sending that message to his friend Willie Brown, and that's what the movie Crossroads is about, that guy, Willie Brown. Which is great because Adney's love for Led Zeppelin traces back to Robert Johnson because they, too, were just as obsessed. They believed in, the me- they believed yeah. in that whole legend, yep. and they went down to that Crossroads, and they filled a jar full of the dirt that was on oh, the crossroads. Right. And yeah. that's when they released their album that they that people like their best best consider their best yeah. album. Yeah. And also it's amazing. The movie, the movie Old Brother Where Art Thou, if you're a fan of that. It's just, I love it's that movie. Two great things. Robert Johnson is the char- like that character's in it. And also, yeah. it's based Wait, off... Wait, which character? Yeah, yeah, the they don't say his name. They don't say his no, name. No, they say his last name is Johnson. They, his first name's different. But they say his last name is Johnson in the fucking movie. Because I watched it the other day. They're trying to record, and they go into this old studio. Oh, sh- yeah. Okay. No, God damn it, you did right. sell your soul I to the it. devil, sir. I got it. Like, <laughs> I, I do believe, okay, I do I believe oh, you did shit. sell your soul to the devil. Yeah. Oh, they're their little black friend. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. We're all Negroes, of course, except our guitar player over here. That's one of the lines. But they play a Dan Tominsky song uh, Man of Constant Sorrow fucking amazing but, um, but I love that they plugged that in because you wouldn't have that song without Robert fucking Johnson and uh, it's funny that the, the recordings I'm gonna catch, call it an album whatever the album starts with a song called Kind Hearted Woman Blues I got a kind hearted woman anything that's worth for me kind-hearted woman the song is about how he has this woman she's amazing she's beautiful she's perfect totally fantastic (laughs) she's (laughs) the best lady ever she's great to him and she treats him right but he's like talks about how there's all these other evil women that are coming after him it's like no you're a horny motherfucker (laughs) and you just want to fuck all these hoes Uh, he sold his soul to the devil (laughs) you're scared of losing the one that's how the album starts (laughs) and he's like resonate immediately (laughs) he's like damn I feel for this guy (laughs) that's why he only made 29 songs a woman killed him and there was 27 <laughs> he also has songs about like beating his women Courtney Love uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a, there's a song called like 3220 and it's like about him beating his woman and shit like that a lot of drinking songs a lot of uh, sad sad songs he was a hobo like you yeah. said uh, Love in Vain is very it's a very soft and very like short song and I found her 
to the station With my suitcase in my hand And I followed her to the station With suitcase in my hand Well, it's hard to tell, it's hard to tell And all your love's in vain All your love's in vain and it's about him saying, my love is in vain. Like, no matter how hard I try, all this love is in vain. It's not going to matter anything. It's all going to go away. It's like this really sad goodbye. Um, another good one is uh, Sweet Home Chicago. Oh, my God. Chicago, like dude, it's fucking. So did really Leonard Skinner ba- steal like, it from fucking? It's, it's essentially like a, a homage. It's like, or it's like or baby, parody. don't you wanna go back from the land of California to my sweet home, Chicago? it's by him wanting to go home, and it's it's fucking Man, awesome. He wanted to go to Chicago in the tens. What I wanna do? No, no, two two is four. Yeah. I'm booked and loaded, baby. Or no, I'm loaded, baby. I'm booked. I gotta go. I'm crying. No, you wanna go? Land of Galamone. This is 1936. This is like the year that Joe Lewis 1936. lost to Max Schmeling. Well, I, I gotta Jesus. mention the song that I love. That I go wouldn't ahead. know who he was if it wasn't for you showing me this. Come on in my kitchen. Oh, come in my kitchen. I have to fucking Ooh, yeah, know. Come in my kitchen, girl. <laughs> You better come on in my kitchen. There's hard to be rain and hard to A woman I love took for my best friend. Some joker got lucky, stole her back again. You better come on in my kitchen. There's fun to be ready. That song is fucking amazing. That really is. It's a, that's a fucking incredible song. That that's one of my song, favorites man. too. Uh, it's hard to pick out like just like three, just a couple. Really but, uh, like I, like we were talking about, it's about the whole album. Right. Well, like, Listening to the whole album and like we talked about Drunken Hard Man too. Like th- it's just this huge collection of 
this is the Delta Blues. This is what the blues is. This is this is the heart of it all, and you gotta listen to all of it. But uh, yeah, that was that was my album that I wanted to talk about. Uh, before you do yours, I'm gonna take you guys on a little journey real fast, and this is going back to the conceptual albums that we were talking about. So we talked about two albums so far, great albums. One of them's kind of Lucy's. One of them isn't very conceptual. It's just an amazing album. There's no space in it. Let you rest. Takes you on a nice little roller coaster. Well. What Logic did with The Incredible True Story is he painted an entire picture. So for this one, I'm not going to give you guys songs because you need to listen to the whole entire thing. You don't need to listen to the whole entire thing to get the story. You don't. But it's more enjoyable, and that's how him as an artist would want you to listen to it. So instead of me giving you three tracks, just listen to the whole album. It's called The Incredible True Story. So I'm going to take you on a journey. By 2023, Japan and the United States merged to create a super nation to combat famine. Starts good, right? Or is it Japan and what? Japan and the U.S., bro. Oh, God, that's just Japan and Germany. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I got confused. Similar to Firefly. Keep going. Uh, Depleted resources and the increasing extinction in animals caused by the amplification of pollution caused the world to be in drought. As leaders in world science... The conjured nations are able to create genetically engineered meat that is enhanced and grown in an unconscious state, which is then slaughtered for consumption. They decide that the quickest way to distribute the food to a worldwide scale is through China. As Do China interlinks... I was eating the best chocolate cake in China the other day. As China interlinks with the first world countries in Europe and Oceania. Oceana. It's, it's like a new Oceana. Oceana. <laughs> China then used their newly found power to, to their advantage, often overpricing the conjured nation for its distribution route through the country. So they're overpricing the routes for the meat. This prompts the, a conjured nation to contact Russia, who have displaced democracy in favor of a royal family. So it's all Putin's. <laughs> the conjured nation... Enters into a working agreement with Russia to assassinate the president of China in exchange for the Russian occupation of Alaska. In exchange for all the chocolate cake. <laughs> so they're trying to make a treaty. They're like, hey, this guy's fucking us. Uh, let's make a treaty. All that good stuff. A what? A tweety. A tweety. A what? Soon a after, the president of China is assassinated and is replaced by the oh, country's vice ears. president. Following this motherfucker is creating a lot of lore. And where did he all get it from? Philip George K. Dick. R. R. Martin. He loves Tarantino. Oh, he Phil- absolutely on almost every single one of his projects. On almost every single one of his projects, he references Tarantino in some way or form. Whether it's directly being like, "Man, Tarantino is my favorite," and it'll be like a little skit, or if it'll be like a line, he'll be like, "Mr. Blue, Mr. Blonde, or, or Mr. Uh, Blue." Following the successful assassination, a, tr- a, a secret treaty is to be agreed upon between the conjured nation and Russia to formally hand over Alaska. As soon as the Russian king arrives, Alaska. <laughs> That's okay. As soon you have as, it. As soon as the Russian king arrives, however, he dies due to cardiac arrest at 59, which calls off the treaty. The prince of Russia hears the news and immediately suspects the conjured nation, declaring war by firing nukes 
to you, land wait, wait, inhabited wait, wait, wait. by the nation. War were declared. <laughs> <laughs> As a result of the nukes, the world's oceans become poisoned, forcing remaining first world countries to move to and operate within free land in the Midwestern United States alongside the Great Lakes. See, what you're doing right now is you're fucking up all my history in my head. <laughs> like, everything I already know, now I'm going to be like, oh, you didn't hear about the oceans being poisoned? <laughs> like, what? But they kind <laughs> of are poisoned. They are, because the logic is album. <laughs> Dubbing the new city Babel. Babel, right? Babel. 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 You said it right. Uh, Babel. They work to purify the Babel. <laughs> Earth's oceans, hoping to eradicate the issues that had arose from the nuclear attacks. A chemical is soon created, which adequately purifies the water to make it fit for human consumption on a wide scale. Following the creation of this chemical, billions of people begin to die, leaving scientists dumbfounded at the situation. Babel soon decreases from billions of population to millions. It is later revealed that the genetically engineered meat previously created by the conjordination reacted to a form of an inharmonious solution within the new water. So they fucked up. They didn't mix their chemicals. You're right. eating chemicals with chemicals. Yep. And you didn't calculate what the chemicals react to those other chemicals. We Boom. have a friend you need to Boom. talk to. He can tell you how to get rid of the chemicals. And <laughs> Adam Lee... As the remainder of Babel worked out the rate at which humans are dying, the decision is made that the rest of the city's population to dissipate from Earth. By 2065, the residents work to create the Babel Space Station, which holds only 5 million remaining inhabitants, and they leave Earth in search for a similar planet. And that's where you start the album, right there. That's, that's the world you are in. He completely paints a world that you need to live in. And if you go into the album knowing this, it makes the album that much fucking better. Logic reads a lot of comic books, I was going to say. Yeah, no. He's a, he's a super nerd. He's a super nerd, dude, dude in the for video sure. That, like, the famous, he looks so nerdy. The, like, the famous fucking quote that I love is that small little 10-second clip, and it's him in a NASA. <laughs> he's wearing a NASA shirt, maybe a NASA hat. And he's like, people like asking him, why are you so good? glasses? I don't fuck with nobody. I don't fuck with nobody. Yeah, I don't go out. I don't hang out with anybody. I don't I fuck with home, I write. <laughs> I don't fuck with nobody. It's like he's sitting at home reading comic books and watching movies and writing his shit from there, which I completely fucking love. I think that's awesome. So that's why I just wanted to tell everybody about The Logic, the incredible true story. It's a great album, and throughout it, you get little scenes, and he has main characters, and he has a fucking, like, villain, and all this little, like, it's an entire little fucking arc, and then it even gives you a resolution. Do they find a planet? Do they don't? Do they all fucking die? You gotta respect artists that actually put that much fucking time into exactly. that shit and like have a point to what they're doing, and it's not about money. And that brings me to my album that I'm gonna talk about. Even though my artist does play an acoustic guitar, he brings in so many different fucking instruments. Also, he does something that is completely original with his voice. So when you sing, you sing from your gut, right? You sing from your stomach. The guy that I'm gonna talk about, he does this weird thing to where he doesn't go deep down into his stomach. He sings from just his mouth making sounds as he sings and it's actually fucking incredible i get once i heard i heard one song that it was a shuffle on my friend craig's playlist like maybe seven years back he's going through and he's like oh yeah i just downloaded a bunch of songs from my friend's computer and it was like one of those giant ipods or whatever oh it has like a bunch of music all different types of genre you can think of and this song came up and i was like whoa and he goes yeah dude i found this guy fucking amazing you gotta hear this fucking band and i was like hooked immediately it's before I found folk music the band and the guy I'm gonna talk about is Jeff Mangum and the band is Nutrimilk Hotel and what got me into Cracked Adney was like go listen to Cracked I listened to the first episode and when the podcast yeah yeah when Jack O'Brien was actually doing 
music on the show because now he stopped. But the first episode, he put Hall in 1945 on there. And I told Adney, I was like, holy fucking shit. Because I'd never met anybody else that knew about this band. So I freaked out. I was like, dude, he fucking put the song on there. And he talks about it and he goes, oh, this song is a, is a concept album. It's all about... Uh, Anne Frank, and it's all about you know his. It's almost like a love letter to Anne Frank, which some of, a lot That's of the songs are <laughs> concept album. Chris, a lot of the songs That's are still a weird concept, bro. A lot Concepts of the songs, are weird. <laughs> a lot of the songs are, but it's they also have a deeper meaning. The whole album has a completely deeper meaning. It's like all about love and loss and and God and and just the world and chaos and and, and depression and, <laughs> and even the front of the album shows a kid like putting up the fucking Nazi sign and then there's a like his mom they're at the ocean and it's it looks like almost like a drum or like a fucking vegetable on her fucking it's very weird cover the cover art and everything that he has is fucking beautiful Oh, that's another fucking thing. Cover art used to be that's amazing. Vinyl is so cool because of the cover art. But this guy, listen to this. Not only are the genres that he's in, and he's done, he's 46 right now. He was born in the 1970s. Uh, indie rock, psychedelic folk, so lo-fi, sound collage, psychedelic pop. Most of his music is based, and he loved all the psychedelic mu- music from the 60s, and that's what he based all of his feel and so sounds doors, off of. Everything that was psychedelic songs that you could think of, he based all his songs, like the Definitely sounds of each Ford, song, sure. because he adds different instruments to each song. On stage, it's a fucking crazy thing. A bunch of different instruments, and yet he's just by himself. So he has people That's there. The Sammy Davis a, Jr. type a, shit. You, you said he and his this, band. This was a band, but now he just goes off. He goes and does okay. his own solo. So for his live performance I'll, I'll now, it's that. just yeah. a bunch of, okay. This guy's been playing music for a very fucking long time. He, instruments he plays guitar drums bass keyboards organ accordion xylophone and the floor toms well if he can play the keyboard he can probably play the piano so put piano on there yeah I mean look at everyone talks about Prince the reason that Prince the was xylophone? so the xylophone <laughs> the reason that Prince was so good and so iconic and people respect him so much not only is he in the list in Rolling Stones as one of the top guitarists of all time I mean he fucking unbelievable guitar player but writer, he wrote more songs for other people than you would even be able to comprehend. Even his first album, when he, actually a producer picked it up, he was like, uh, I barely have to even change anything. Unpopular Opinion actually talked about it, about Prince and how iconic it was. and how. Even I, though, missed, I missed the boat with yeah. Prince. I can't even lie. It's like, it's like, like Yo, I know. Yeah. I don't know. I've probably listened to one or two Prince Dude. songs, but I know he's talented. I, yeah. I Your mom used to listen he to He made a, a lot song Prince, about right? Batman you can Fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. But I mean, just like people who are can play a bunch of different instruments to just get it. It's like the Goodwill Hunting thing. It's like they just see an instrument and they just know. And I love that. You got to respect people like that that bring something to fucking music that, that changed the fucking game. And it's like David Bowie. The reason we're okay with these people looking so weird is because of what they're capable of. Is You could be as weird as you fucking want if you're bringing gold to an entire generation who were changing the fucking game. Look at Beatles, for instance, them going on their ass and tripping all that shit. You don't give a fuck about what they look like anything because it's that fucking good. I'm getting into that so I could talk about this guy. Jeff Mangum, uh, born in Louisiana. This guy has been doing music his whole fucking life. Now, he used to go on a tour solo uh, called Milk. That was just name, and then it became Neutral Milk Hotel. They released this album called um, On Avery Island. It's, it's okay. It's not that great. But... When they released this album, Aeroplane Over the Sea, it has gone down, at least in the underground world, as one of the greatest albums of all time. 
it's one of those albums that you want to buy and you want to listen to it all the way through. If you don't know about it, I, I hate that idea of the hipster thing. Oh, you, I don't want you to know about it. No. If no, something's I want good, everyone yes, that. thank you. If something's good, I want the world to know about it. Why wouldn't you want that? I hate that uh, idea. I knew about it first. I yeah, hate, it doesn't make any sense I, to me. I hate that like, idea of keeping something great to yourself. And I met this kid at, at um, it's the six-year anniversary of Loudest Folk at um, Picnic. And I met this fucking folk kid who's in a band uh, called uh, Dirty Kid Discount. And I told him, you know, I love the music. And he was like, you know, it's, it's FUBU. It's for us, by us. He was like talk, saying that. Uh, he and said I was, FUBU? Yeah. And I told him. Oh, he really said Dude, he said that. Say that to a black dude, motherfucker. <laughs> and yeah, well, I was going to tell him, okay, but well, you can't use that because Robert Johnson created that. So it's not for you. For black <laughs> people. For it's you. literally for FUBU. Black people are. But, um. It made me very upset because I told him I was like, "Well, dude, if you if you love something truly, wouldn't you want to spread the word? Don't you want people to like? Don't you want people to like it? It's fun when when I find out somebody's interested in something that I fucking love, I get excited. Don't you want don't, the music makers to retire like in a house and not on the street and dead? Agreed. Yeah. Re hates hip hop. Doesn't hate. Doesn't really vibe with it. But I played humble so much. She's sitting there. Sit down. Be humble. And <laughs> she hates <laughs> it. It's, it's, it's like Bree. Go into your basement. You got a bass guitar in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep thing. That's a deep. That's deep. That's super deep, guy. God damn it! But you're black. You play bass guitar. Um, your parents probably had a bass guitar. <laughs> so I love when people know an album or something that I truly love, and that it doesn't get its due. And that's why I wanted to bring up this album, Aeroplane Over the Sea. It's fucking incredible. The the instruments that he uses in the album, it's so weird. Every song so, is done. Is this just him or is it the band? No, this is, is the him? band Nutrimoke Hotel. And after this album, he okay. the band splits. Can you tell me how to spell that? Oh, there it is. Bam. So now it's very odd. It's it's um Oh yeah, Airplane was the first one that came up on like it, uh, Apple Music. Dude, songs, there, there's songs in there that are super bassy, songs that have eleven songs, but forty minutes. Great runtime. Great runtime. Uh, now, one of them is just instrumental. Full on there is just instrumental. The full? Okay. Yeah. And all the other ones, his his lyrics are very, very heavy. It, they have like almost a hidden meaning, everything he says. So it's almost like an artistic sort of thing is what he was going for. This was made in 1998. There was nothing like this, like this type of like heavy, heavy, weird, odd sort of music in the underground scene. They, he kind of changed the fucking, the underground sort of scene. People were almost coming out like in... Seattle and Portland, they were doing the fucking uh, grunge music and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like 98. 98. It's the perfect year for yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking back when they were doing like, hey, Barbie, let's go party and shit. Yeah. And that's what was on the radio. And still to this day, they're not well known. It's like one out of 10 that I have asked that at least know somewhat of folk music. I asked them like, oh, I think I've heard of them or holy shit, I do love it. And whenever you do mention this guy and they do know it, this is the album they mentioned. Aeroplane Over the Sea, you fuck kidding me? <laughs> Uh, the first album is not that great and yet they released this album and it's the white album for him in comparison to the Beatles or Sgt. Pepper whatever one you believe is your favorite All Eyes on Me also Machiavelli I'm gonna do a whole shout out to albums everyone needs to listen to once he's done now with each song it's it's different in the way someone who doesn't really understand or can comprehend like the differences in tones and different instruments people might listen to it like oh it all sounds it sounds similar. similar yeah but 
if you pay attention to each fucking instrument yeah. you people use. say that about every new genre though but after a while they start to realize that like fuck you guys mm-hmm. yeah if you listen to it the way that he sings is very fucking odd and that's what makes it so exciting it's very hard to cover too for people to cover because they're like whoa the way that he does his voice it's almost like I can cover it because I can't sing in a <laughs> sense like I have to fluctuate my top voice instead of going to my stomach and that's what makes it so interesting and Unbelievable! They, I read, I uh, listened to this review on it, and he uses the same chords as Angel Baby, really? classic songs. Yeah, but the way that he uses them, if you listen to them side by side, you wouldn't think you would be like, "Oh, those are way different." It's because of the way that he plays the guitar. It's very fucking yeah, different. I couldn't the way imagine those two it. sounding similar. Yeah, the way that he strums it and the way that he does things, like it's very easy to play, but the way that he fucking plays it is fucking difficult. Like, there's the simplest chords ever. He doesn't fucking finger pick anything like that. And you're like, okay, how the fuck did all that Like, man, it's just a grilled cheese. How is it so fucking good? (laughs) Exactly. It's something like that. It's the grilled cheese, and yet you can fuck up a grilled cheese. It's the grilled cheese effect. Tarts. Yeah. (laughs) We made that up just now. We give it the alcohol gas stamp. But... Some songs have fucking loud horns. Some songs have fucking dr- like drum bass. It's very bassy. It almost sounds like an old Robert Johnson sort of thing. It's like scratchy a little bit. It's almost like the the sounds are off in a sense, but it does it on purpose to give you different fucking sounds in each fucking song. Um, the first song that I want to fucking talk about on the album, The King of Carrot Flowers. <laughs> It's like welcoming. That sounds like uh, Nirvana. Yeah, I was yeah it smells say. like Teen Spirit. So it's welcoming in a yeah. This is where he got it from. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. It's welcoming in a sense, but if Wait, you when did it, it, I think that one came out 97, 98. Yeah, Nir, yeah, Nirvana. Ninety one. They stole it from Kurt. Stupid. Kurt lives on. <laughs> Kurt lives on. Yeah, dude. Twenty eight years sober. <laughs> <laughs> Technically true. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I just want to say real fast, Nirvana, the um, Nirvana album, Nevermind, 13 songs, 49 minutes. There's a fucking formula here, people. Continue. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. 
people get lost in farmyard. <laughs> I'm just saying. People can barely pay night. attention now, and yet you're going to give them, like, no, it's a double album. Yeah. It's fucking hour and a half. No, yeah. listen. It's th- th- 23 songs. The songs are five minutes apiece, but then you got to go online and download the last eight songs, right? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Serious? Dude, Jesus don't Christ. Give me a, don't give me a fucking chore. Oh, that's funny. You're going to give me a chore? I paid you. <laughs> you do me a favor. So how do you think people felt when they got a script with a fucking vinyl? Exactly. Oh, go. what the fuck is this? That's fun, though. <laughs> the cool thing about vinyl, it's worth it to buy vinyl, too, because you get stick. I got Devil Makes Three stickers Yeah, you get cool shit. shit with the vinyl. You get awesome. Yeah, I want And wanna... the cover art. So it's King of Carrot Flowers. So that song, the intro to the, the album is almost like it's neutral, as in anybody can hear it. And you're like, okay, I can kind of get with this. As you go deeper into lyrics, the album. No so the lyrics... That's the thing. Oh, there are lyrics, not, yeah, there, oh, there's okay. lyrics to every single I, I one. I thought except maybe it was just like an instrumental song to lead into the, the album. The fool is the only one that's instrumental. Every other one is. Uh, they all have great lyrics, and that's the thing. They're very like dense. They're very fucking dense. So to actually go into them and start looking into them, you're gonna see what you want to see. It's almost like to process some information. You read what you want to read. You're and right it's now. It's very you, open for interpretation. Yeah, you're yeah. explaining the new Kendrick album right now. You really are. Yeah. Keep going though. And it, it's so fucking beautiful that I mean, it makes you think, and that's what you want, right? You don't want you don't want something that's like fucking oh ex- escapism. If you're listening to a good song or a good album, there's like there's certain times where you'd want that escapism, of course. But yeah. when you're going for a full album experience, you don't want that surface level escapism. You want to be able to delve into something that's actually there. Yeah, but the 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 underlying theme of the first song, which that, that is the first song that I do want to play, is almost like a, a husband and wife fighting, and a boyfriend and girlfriend sitting in the bedroom. The girl is the daughter to the parents. When you were young, you were the king of carrot flowers, and then you built a tower tumbling through the trees, and holy rattlesnakes that fell all around your feet. It's like your mom would stick a fork right into daddy's shoulder, and dad would throw the garbage all across the floor as we would lay and learn what each other's bodies were for. So like this whole thing of like uh, he's just lasting while the parents are viciously murdering each other. That girl, no, that girl grew up to be fucked up, dude, because she's learning to associate sex with pain and stabbings and beatings. But there you go, it's it's a deep song. The second song I want to talk about is a song that can be liked by everybody that most people do cover on the album, but it has the greatest line. I mean, I can't even tell you. I fucking, I love this fucking line. More so than almost any lyric I've ever read in my fucking life. And the line is, um, how strange is it to be anything at all? And just that, the simplicity of that. How strange it is to be anything at all. It's such a good, simple fucking line, but it makes you think. It puts you in thought. That'll like, fuck you up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And this, the, the song is called Aeroplane Over the Sea. What a beautiful face I have found in this place That is circling all around the sun What a beautiful dream That could flash on the screen In a blink of an eye And be gone from me Soft and sweet Let me hold it close And keep it here with me And one day we will die And our ashes will fly From the aeroplane over the sea But for now we are young Let us lay in the sun And count every beautiful thing we can see Love 
want you to go home. I want you to stare in the mirror and ask that question over and over. Yeah. How strange is the? Uh, like you're a me. person, but you're a person outside yeah. of your person. But that person's <laughs> t- that, that you are a person, but can you touch your person? Just to be, to, just to exist like that. How odd is that? But I'm just gonna read you a little bit. Uh, what a beautiful face I have found in this place that is circling all around the sun. What a beautiful dream that could flash on the screen in a blink of an eye and be gone from me, soft and sweet. Let me hold it close and keep it here with me. It's like I said, there you kind of put your own interpretation on them, but the song is just the way that he sings it and everything. It, it it's such an emotional fucking album for me. I listen to it and I get so excited and like <laughs> it's you get excited and sad. It's like it's a roller coaster of emotion <laughs> with it, and you, you it's so awkward and weird because of the way that he sings. I've never ever heard another person sing like the way that he sings. It's so original. Now. There's other songs that I want to talk about. I want to talk about Two Headed Boy. I want to talk about Two Headed Boy Part Two. Great songs. Oh, Calmly is fucking amazing. But it wouldn't. I wouldn't do this album justice if I did not mention Hall in 1945, which is the song. Hall in yeah, Hall in 1945, which is the song that Cracked put on the first mm-hmm. episode, and he only plays rap. You uh, most really? of the time. <laughs> yeah, he does. He plays a lot You're of like rap. Guy? Yeah, he's a hip hop guy. Yeah, dude. He very rarely does anything else. And on the first episode, this song he brought. Usually only puts hip hop on there, rarely does anything else. This was on the first episode of the Cracked Fucking Podcast. That to me shows that at least this song stood out to him and it meant something to him. The only girl I've ever loved was born with roses in her eyes, but then they buried her alive one evening, 1945. <laughs> just her sister at her side, and only weeks before the guns all came and rained on everyone. And now she's a little boy in Spain playing pianos filled with flames on empty rings around the sun, all sing to say, My dream has come. But now we must pick up every piece of the life we used to love just to keep ourselves at least enough to carry on. So the song's like, it's very weird in a sense, like, and all the way down, but the last fucking verse is so cool because, I'll explain the last part, what I what I see when I read it. And you don't here, need to tell us. Just, no, just, I'm, okay. I'm letting you guys know. I'm, I'm not letting the podcast know. Oh. I'm telling you to. Um, I'm, I'll edit all this out. Uh, and here's where your mother sleeps, and here's the room where your brothers were born indentions in the sheets where their bodies once move but don't move anymore it's almost like going to the Anne Frank house mm. and it's so sad to see the world agree that they'd rather see their faces filled with flies all when I'd want to keep white roses in their eyes do you know what white roses are? I don't white know roses what they symbolize, right, symbolize death white roses symbolize death Selena when she mm. died she got a white rose on stage white roses symbolize death what he's saying in that last line to me is 
And it's so sad to see the world agree they'd rather see their faces filled with flies, as in they'd rather be blinded, feel their, see their faces filled with flies instead of getting white roses in their eyes. They, they don't want to see horror. They don't want to see the horrific things like the Holocaust or anything like that. They'd rather turn a blind eye to it, and they'd rather have their faces filled they with They want to be distracted. Yeah, they, they don't want to be... see the horror of the world. They'd rather just like... Exactly. Yeah. I, that's what I get out of it, and that's what I get that he's saying, because clearly it's called Holland 1945. That's what he's talking about, and people yeah. would rather choose to be blinded by everything going on around them than to see the history and the horror that has happened in the world. And the whole album is a throw to... You know, a lot of songs are throw to, to history and Anne Frank, but some of the songs have to do with his own life, and it's just it's very convoluted. But please check it out, listen to it, listen to all these fucking albums that we're talking about. It is very important that you sit down. I, I told Chris the other day when, when I went over there, listening party. We Kendrick, had a listening party. We had a listening party for Kendrick. We're gonna so do wait, it. people don't know we're not gonna do it just because we're kind of. I want to get to the get into it. talk. We're gonna force out. I really list. want to fucking fuck around with Kendrick, but I don't know enough about Kendrick yet to really be able to delve into it so I want to take a step back and take probably about a month because I just hopped onto the Kendrick train yeah no, didn't really? Dak, Dak yeah. did Dak tell you Dak's been Ken- telling me and I need hey, to don't worry man Dak. we gonna be alright yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see it's funny because okay wait you told me are, 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 are you done are you done I'll just wrap it up with the, the quick tad bit on Kendrick real fast so I didn't get on the Kendrick boat until just about now and I've uh, been really stand off of you said his stand voice, his voice was weird for me it was his voice was super fucking raspy and he's like, like it was really weird for me fluctuating and, and then that yeah. as well as his religious tones I just I didn't ever really want to even try to get you've on you've already gotten a chance which is super gospel I know and I honestly think chance is a big reason why I am so attracted to Kendrick because the way he did it in this last album and he spoke to God and he talked about religion and all that calls him out too though was in such more of like my vein of thought than whereas Chance is on this like holier than thou tip and like I can appreciate that but I resonated and I was pulled to Kendrick's album a lot more but here's what I'm gonna say about it real fast well let me tell you real quick most of the songs that I do truly fucking love that are in folk and blues a lot of them are gospel. I fucking love Johnny Cash. He does he does gospel songs. A I lot. I fucking love um the Carter family. Uh, like Hallelujah. It's one of my favorite songs ever. But from uh, I can't remember the solo artist. But those great. songs are fucking great. Just because I don't believe doesn't mean I can't appreciate and Boom. love the songs and lyrics. So, and so I to say d- like I would be super just like how Christians. I mean, you don't like science, but you still use all of our medical advances. <laughs> there you go. Same thing. So even though I'm not a non-believer, I still love the heart and soul because it is passion in those certain songs. Whether it's passion towards something I don't believe in, it's still passion from that point, uh, from that person. They feel passion for said thing. And that's why I fucking love it. You no, know? so complete, I, completely, I completely you have agree. to have appreciation for it. Whether you are, you know, a non-believer or a guesser or you know, his agnostic piece of shit. <laughs> Super so, um, and Kendrick's last album, it is completely different than all of his other albums. Why? Because usually Kendrick hits on, you wait, wait. over why, the why, Chris? Because <laughs> usually we got you, Pim. <laughs> Kendrick hits you over the head 
with what he wants you to know. So within Good Kid, Mad City, the whole entire vein of the whole entire album, the name of the album is explains is about his life. him being a good kid in a crazy city, and it's relatively good. It, like compared to us, he would be a bad kid, but within Compton, he's considered a good kid. He's because not he doesn't do a drug gang, dealer. He's not, do he's not doing the gang stuff. You know, he's kind of trying to stay on his own. Barely drinks. And throughout the whole mm. album, from the first track to the last track, he's beating you over the head with that. So you don't have to really search for anything. It's all surf. But then within his lyrics, of course, he tells he's a great storyteller. So each song has a great story about his young life. And then you get he's on SNL too, by the way. To Pimp a Butterfly. And To Pimp a Butterfly is probably gonna go down as the best album of the 2010s within hip hop, for sure. Because it was right around the Ferguson stuff. It was right around when that Mike Brown guy, or is that uh, is the, he sort of young? The, the cigarette guy, the guy that got shot. Yeah, the cigarette guy. Oh yeah, because he did it. He, the, Eric Garner. Eric Garner. The whole Thank album you. is about the whole the, being the, black yeah, in yeah. America, and the whole the, the album Riots, cover is yeah. him and his boys, essentially his Compton crew, on the White House. In front of the White lawn. House, all black in front and white. Of the white House. Isn't it black and white? Like, yeah, it's in, yeah, and it's in black and white. And so the whole concept of that album is being black in America, the struggle, um, realizing what you have to do and how you how you have to make it. And, and, and the, the coming out of Compton, essentially. And what this new one is, is there's no... He's not beating you over the head with a theme throughout the whole thing. If anything, he's questioning everything that he's even talking about. He's questioning... Um, the whole entire concept of faith. He's questioning the concept of religion. He used to he, he concept used to, of he friendship. Is. The concept he is of being religious. on his own, like loyalty, all this stuff. And and and, and it's with each song but title it's so too, different than really all good. of his other albums because all of his other albums were nice and concise and they flowed and there was like a nice pattern and everything. You'll get a song that like let's say DNA for for example. It's a straight banger like like. Great bars, crazy beat. He goes hard, all that stuff. The main and then topic the next, is this is in my DNA. And Sorry. then the next fucking song is like somewhat of a slow song. The one where he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, yeah is way slowed down. You go from something that's super high energy, super high pace, super tempo, super like a rapper, um, a Compton rapper. What you would expect from a Compton rapper is something that's experimental. It's new. It's not something that he's really done before, and he's trying new stuff out. And then he goes into Element, and he's going back to what it is. My roots. favorite song. It's a album. great fucking song. song but what it is is every single thing is it's not beating you over the head and he's questioning almost every fucking song is questioning something whether it's religion race um friends everything and he's kind of mad so much self-aware angry at this point because he got criticized for his last album People on Fox News and the of media, of course, of course, were saying well, when that Fox News says it, then it must be true. <laughs> right? You can't be a black and talk about being black, black being black, exactly, without yeah. Fox being upset at you. Like, how dare you bring up race? You should have named the album "Where Are the White Women At." That's what I think. And <laughs> what he got is a bunch of backlash saying that it's hip hop albums like this that are causing the black problem in America, rather than politicians, rather than um, the systemic social, fucking problems, rather than the real fucking problems. Getting rid of Planned Parenthood. They're trying no, to pinpoint it. So now he's, he's out there pimping butterflies. Okay. Uh-huh. There's a problem. <laughs> so now he's coming out and he's fucking angry and he's fucking mad and he's going relentless. It's not a Kendrick that you're used to seeing. You're used to seeing a Kendrick that's calm, collected, centered. He has a message and he's going to give it to you. But on this entire album, everything is sporadic. Everything is everywhere. Some things feel incomplete. Some things feel whole. But it's not a typical Kendrick album. This is where the theories come in. And so he's going to come out on Friday and he's going to do an interview. And I think a lot of this will kind of get solved and we'll kind of get to see. He might say something like, oh, it's up for you to interpret. He might do something like that. And that'll be cool. 
But you, you yeah. have these um, theories. So the first theory is this. Um, you play it front to back and you get Kendrick Lamar living through wickedness. He is rapping through wickedness. He is wicked. Um, Deuteronomy? Am I saying that right? The no. Bible scripture? Yeah, De- yeah Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy yeah. Um, he... he um, well, cause it goes, it has that like, litter humble. throughout the entire album. And it's all about wickedness or weakness. Is it, are you weak and you're rapping, rapping through weakness or are you rapping through wickedness? And throughout, when you play it one through 14, front to back, you get a Kendrick Lamar rapping through wickedness and trying to overcome his wickedness. Yeah. Because it goes from like the whole humble thing and then it's like love and it's like XXX all the way down and then the, the, so you the get, second you to get, last song is so you God get feel and, yeah. so you get a song that's called feel and he's talking about how he feels and then you get a song called loyalty talking about everyone around and then you get a song called pride then humble then lust then love then XXX featuring fucking U2 motherfucking Bono and it sounds it, amazing it does <laughs> Bono killed it Bono killed it I don't know how a piece of shit could sing that well you know what I mean but then what happens is when you play it 14 wait hold on but let's, one, get, let's get back to so then it's God after that right right it's God next and then it's um Duckworth Duck, or D- Duckworth or Duckworth which, that's, which is his name and he kind of gives his life story this is where the whole thing comes in this the is where theory. you get because you have a lot of people saying, okay, this isn't a normal Kendrick album. Why? And so this is why you're going to get all these theories. Because it's not a typical Kendrick album. He didn't beat you over the head. So everyone is grabbing for something now. They're like, well, there's no way. There's no way he would just, <laughs> there was no way he would just release this and then this is it. Because that's, that's not something Kendrick, he's too calculated. He's too calculated. And everything that he's released, there's been a purpose. So you have two theories. First theory is when you play it 14 through 1, it's a different story. The story was of Kendrick rapping through wickedness and then when you get it 14 through one you get his alter ego aka kong fu kenny which we were confused about which is everywhere throughout the fucking um tape it's everywhere but kong now, fu kenny and they even do like a mixtape type of feel let's, let's, kong fu kenny coming shout out but, but let's like explain that. this the last lyric of the last song oh. on there it goes like it sounds like it's rewinding. And it rewinds the it whole rewinds entire the, album. It sounds like it's rewinding the whole album, and it's the first fucking bar from the first song. It's the last bar from the first song. It but is yeah, the last yeah, bar. Because oh, okay. like um, I was walking down the street. Oh no, you're right. It's well, the first bar. You know, it's the first bar. It is. I looked up. I looked it up on when I when we were listening. It's the first bar from the first song, so it's believed to be. Uh, cyclical. It's all cyclical. Or you can rewind it and fast forward. That was what I got on the first listen. Once I played it more, what I noticed is that the first track and the last track are interchangeable. You can switch them and it wouldn't matter because you could switch Duckworth and he still gets shot at the end of the song. But it's not like a like it doesn't actually go. Okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're foreshadowing right now, too, because we're going to get I'm just going to give you these two simple theories, and then Kendrick's going to come out with an interview on Friday, and he's going to he's pretty much going to say what's up. I'm going to be able to go in, and I'm going to be able to find out more and see really what's up. So and then so this theory is that when you play it backwards, it's his alter ego. You get Kong Fu Kenny. So you get a guy that didn't have a dad. You get a guy that the label artist that he's under, the whole entire record label, TDE, that guy got shot when you play it backwards. When you play it forwards, that guy never got shot. So you get Kendrick Lamar. You get the person that you know today. But when you play it backwards, you get somebody who's rapping through wickedness. Nope. Weakness. He's rapping through weakness throughout the entire track. So the first track is God. It's almost like a because struggle. he's weak and he needs God. He needs God to guide him through his fucking life. He needs that strength there that he can depend on and rely on whenever he needs it. And what you get is 
um, a Kung Fu Kenny who is someone who embodies fame, money, girls, gang relations, all that other stuff. But when you play it 1 through 14, you get Kendrick Lamar, who does, who's about philosophy, who's about the black experience, who's about trying to get his message out to the people. So you're getting two different personas. That's the first theory. And the second theory is what he's doing is he's reliving through Tupac. This one's going to get oh, really fucking okay. crazy. No, so what happened listen, with Tupac... I'm listening, Alex. Go ahead. What happened with Tupac is he released All Eyes on Me Do in 1996. Voice. What happened with Tupac is... <laughs> no. Um, and then later that same year, Tupac winds up dying, and then I think it was about seven days after he dies, Machiavelli is released. Machiavelli is Tupac's Kung Fu Kenny. Machiavelli is Tupac's other persona. So you have Tupac, and then you have Machiavelli. Machiavelli recipe. You have Kendrick Minari, and then you have Kung Fu Kenny. And throughout the entire album... Both Compton people. But, oh, no, Ken- Oakland, sorry. No. Oakland was Tupac, and then he came to L.A. Throughout the entire album, Kendrick changes up his style, like, during his courses and his verses, during the song, not like, okay, the next song, it's a completely different style. No, 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 no. Within the same song, he'll completely switch the style, and it's reminiscent to Tupac. And what this other theory is saying is that whenever he switches his style, he's channeling Kung Fu Kenny, which is his alter ego, just like Tupac used to do with his alter ego. And that what we're going to get is how... All Eyes on Me came out, and then seven days later, Machiavelli came out. Well, Coachella just happened. Damn was released, and then seven days later, supposedly you're gonna get another album, which will be Kung Fu Kenny's album. Which and was it'll be the other Friday. side. Yeah. It'll be the other side to this album, and it'll essentially be a double album. And this album's named Damn, and it'll be called God Damn. And this one's all <laughs> about being damned. This one's all about him not getting prayers, him not getting the respect he deserves, him yeah, not him being me? lost. It's a question in the, in one of and the then songs, what you'll yeah. get on the opposite is the God side. Him saying he's praised, him saying that he's loved, he needs, he's got all this other stuff. So that's another theory. Now, I don't want to get into it any more than that because it goes super fucking deep and it gets super fucking crazy. So next week, we'll dive a little bit more into Kendrick so I can really get some more insight on Kendrick. We'll talk a little bit more about Good Kid, Mad City. We'll I need to, say it online too, to Pimp a Butterfly and then we'll go to Damn. And hopefully by next week, we'll have some resolution. Hopefully... By this time next week, we'll have either the second album or no second album. And hopefully Kendrick, because he's going on one of the biggest radio shows. It's uh, BBC's Radio 1. It's on every fucking platform. Sirius is on Apple Music. It's on every fucking... It's on Pandora. It's on everything. And hopefully he gives us some insight. But I can see Kendrick not giving us any fucking insight. And if he doesn't, <laughs> either way, he's a genius. But see, that's what... That's kind of what is going to wrap this entire album discussion is... These theories wouldn't be able to even be thought of if Kendrick didn't construct the album the way that he did. The album is 14 songs and it's 55 minutes. So it, it goes over our, our threshold for about 5 minutes. But it's so all over the place, up and down, off the walls, that it keeps you intrigued during the whole entire album. So. Humble is an amazing video. You could definitely check it out. Um, it's a really simple song. He just fucking, he kills it on the song. But as a filmmaker, the video is really cool because they take simple, simple shots. And they do what you're supposed to do. And they experiment. They're artistic with it. And they really make it a captivating video. Something that you're really intrigued to sit down. And you really want to watch the whole entire thing. One scene specifically. What's really funny is he released a new video today for the DNA song. And DNA is the hardest hitting 
track wise, like production wise, like banger wise, it's the hardest banger on there. And that That's video opener, right? does not even fucking come close to humble. Like it's so like I watched it and I was like, meh. Like I like the song, but the video, like, but it has Don Cheat in it. Don Cheat's the lead for the fucking music video. And he's like interviewing Kendrick, and then Kendrick like has mind powers, and then like Don Cheed starts mm-hmm. acting like Kung Fu Kenny, and then Kendrick starts rapping. Maybe, maybe there's a point to his videos. It, though. It, I'm sure there know. is. Humble was an amazing video though, just from a technician Dude, standpoint. The, it's so good. The fisheye, mm-hmm. the fucking the, the, there's a moment Andy was like a 3D camera was doing this, and going in over your face. You'll you'll notice it's like keeps switching parts as he's singing into it. Yeah, I was it's like, plain, this is fucking incredible. Chris is like. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and it's only because I don't, I've never fucked with a 3D camera. That's how they're doing that. It's all 3D space that they're playing with. And I have a general idea on how to do it. I just have never actually executed it. Yeah, for sure. But if you're on the fence about Kendrick, go back and listen to Section 80. Because he doesn't have that raspy voice. He's not talking about being black in America. Something that might turn all of our white listeners off because you guys don't know how to handle fucking race issues. That's how it's true. Talk to our listeners like that. But dude. So that's that's the album discussion. Those are the album reviews. If you don't have a favorite album, go get one. Start, start looking for go albums that you want to actually listen to and not shuffle through. Not a fucking chain smoke. Not, nothing like just fucking get a nice. You have to go back to the 80s. Go back to the, you could even go back to the 90s. Listen to Nirvana's album. It's go a great album. Go back to the album. 19 fucking 30s. Go to the, 30s. go to the 30s. Go to the 30s. There's also a song around the same time. It's called Joe Lewis Was a Fighting Man. <laughs> it's a real song. It's on the radio. Joe Lewis Was a Fighting Man. That's how it goes. It's so silly. And he sings in the shower. I do. Strong side, left side, my side, your side, whose side? I don't know, side. Fuck you, I don't know how to resign. I'm a Trump. Okay, so. No, 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 no. no. Wait, that's Disney. This is Disney. Sorry, live action. Okay. Live action. Give me a minute. If you're confused about the song, I know it's very like it's it's deep lyrics like uh like deep lyrics. It's like Kendrick. <laughs> those are Kendrick lyrics. Those are We're not gonna do a music topic on your song, bro. <laughs> but the song is pro Disney action live films. Okay, so uh, this is like part. <laughs> Something or another three. of our Disney talk, and uh, for this episode, we're going to be doing is uh, our favorite live action movies brought to us by Disney. I just want to reiterate our favorite and not best. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> <Your> favorite, <laughs> but I did something last week. Last week, I promised that I would come in this week with my pick for a live action cast oh, yeah. if they did a live action remake. Of Atlantis, The Lost Empire. <laughs> Which I really was butthurt about because it was my movie and I wanted to cast it, but Adney took the initiative. You could still cast it. And he no one it said with, you couldn't. He did it within a week and like I don't really want to like step on his toes. So he's the casting <laughs> director right, you now. Know what? I have, I, you know what? I have my cast, but we're running short on time. Adney, you can go ahead. I'm gonna get, like It's fine. Okay. Uh, like So actually, did you make a picture? Can I see it? I got some pictures. I'm going to show you the pictures. That, a comparison of the actor and the character. Okay. So, uh... Actually, I had a lot of help from Peggy. Like, we spent like an hour. This is why I love you and Peggy. That's just pretty gangster. Because you know damn well she who must not be named would not have helped you with that. And the other one who would not be named. Fucking Dora the Explorer or whatever. None of these bitches would know anything about fucking casting. Now, you finally. I'm super glad you pulled the trigger. You nailed it. I really am. But, anyways, continue. This is the one that. This is the first one that popped in my head immediately, quick. And it is. For uh for the character of uh Sweet Joshua Sweet 
medical officer. Okay. Joss Sweden. So, for, <laughs> so for, those who don't, for those who don't know, he's this giant buff-ass black character who's also a brilliant doctor and a badass, right? And the character, and immediately the first guy I picked so for that. So fictional, of course. Like you. <laughs> Terry Crews. Oh, it's perfect! Dude. <laughs> oh my god, it's so perfect! Because, because he, okay, obviously, he, he he fits the visual profile, but he has to be funny. He has to be like charming and silly. Because Joshua Sweet, like his introductory, is silly throughout the movie. He's silly. He's funny and silly. I'm watching Terry that Cruz, shit tonight, dude. I need to watch that. Dude, movie. yeah. Terry Crews has never not been a comedic actor ever ever since the beginning. Ever since fucking Friday After Next, he was comedic. I got the fries on. Cross your eyes. Oh, dude, he's gay in that movie, which is so fucking hilarious. Um, he does the whole uh, twelve hour thing. He does not eat until twelve. Does yeah, not yeah. eat, and it'll, it's a shake at twelve, and then he has a humongous three thousand calorie meal around like I mean, three that or joke, four. I think last week I was on the Terry Crews diet because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about it. But yeah, dude, but, he's um, fucking hilarious. Also, he can like I don't know if you guys ever watched Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's great in Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's what it's actually, I love. It's a that surprisingly show. great dude. It has Christina show. Peretti. Did I say uh, that right? Uh, um, Chelsea Peretti. Sorry, Chelsea Peretti, Chelsea which Peretti. is married to. Jason Peele. Jordan yeah, Peele. God damn it! <laughs> hey, you're, you're so Kate, Kate Smith, right? <laughs> but, uh, okay, so. Anyway, Terry Crews, like, he also, he can be serious when he needs to be. He's the lieutenant it's in that so show, and, and that's what Joshua Sweet is. At the end of the movie, when he's the one, he's the first one of the mercenaries, the that whole crew. Stays. He's the first one to get on Milo's side and be like, no, this is the right thing to do. And like he's like, so he needs to be that moral compass. That dude wasn't even there when they were all picking sides and being the moral compass because the mechanic's the first one that gets them to start. He was already staying. He was helping the dude and the fucking... The king. The king, he was yeah. looking after him medically, like trying to save his life because he's a fucking <laughs> badass doctor. And he's, he's the one that... he Like when Milo... When you get to the low point of the film and Milo is given up, he's the one that brings him back up. He's the one that inspires him. He's like, you know, it's been my experience that when you hit rock bottom, the only place to go is up. What idiot told you that? <laughs> he goes, a fellow by the name of Thaddeus Thatch. Yeah, and which is grandpa. Milo's grandpa. And but uh, yeah, he so Terry Crews can fucking nail nail that. it. That's that's a plus plus casting right there. Like Jesus so Christ. So uh, the next one, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna talk about uh, Commander Rourke. Okay. Okay, so Commander Rourke, for those you don't know, he's the one in charge of the entire of all the mercenaries. He's this giant like former military guy. He leads everyone. He's kind of older. He has gray hair. And he's I'm thinking like, of the guy from uh, the James Ken- uh, Avatar. That guy, Stephen Lang. That's my pick. No way! Yes! That is parallel thinking. Yes! That is fucking great, dude. Oh, dude, that is hilarious, dude. That's so fucking okay, so perfect. Pe- Peggy's pick was actually uh, Tommy Lee Jones. That's when she threw Ooh. out. He's a little chubby. Here, no, here's the thing. Like, if like also, especially if you look at his character in the first Captain America movie. You're like, he would be great for the beginning, like the first half of the movie as Rourke. But when it comes down to Rourke has to be a badass and physically beat motherfuckers up, and he's scary and he's physically imposing. You yeah, need an old strong right, dude. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones can't really do that anymore. No, so, no, 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 but, no. but fucking Stephen Lang can do that. Oh, Perfect. dude, he'll whoop all of our asses right now. All right, and uh, Stephen Lang's chief second is uh, Helga Sinclair. She's the blonde woman. She's the one that recruits Milo. She's the one that goes... I got an intriguing proposition for you. She's all like fucking seductive, femme fatale. And then right after, next time you see her, she's all in her boots and her fucking gear and she's a badass and she's a leader and everything and she ends up beating people up. Amy Schumer is who you're going to cast, right? How dare you. (laughs) I picked, well actually I didn't pick this. This was actually, this was Peggy's pick. Uh, It's uh, Charlize Theron. 
Oh, I kind of. I mean, that's. I don't know the movie, so I, I can't mean, really. It's pretty good. Hel- so at least I can. I can. I can get on board with Helga that. Sinclair. The character is. Uh, she needs to be the seductive femme fatale for it's a good. minute, but then she needs to turn into a badass. And Charlize Theron does that in almost every fucking movie. She's she can do that role in her sleep now. Uh, well, the thing is, like, if a studio was doing this, their first pick would be Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's. But I'm a little scar joed out. I'm, 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 I'm kind of done. Yeah, no, I'm cool. With that. Uh, keep her interest. The Avengers don't do any more movies. <laughs> But um, I was I was, I was trying to think. Of, this was actually really hard for me. This one's way harder. <laughs> yeah, this was way hard. My first choice was Michelle Pfeiffer. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I kept thinking of like '90s actresses. Yeah. And but uh, You're all <laughs> I was all Vera Farmiga maybe. But nah. Uh, but yeah, I think that Charlie Stern, like of all the ones I could think of, I You're think Meg Ryan. Ew, she was never sleepless hot. in Seattle, bro. She was never sexy. She was cute. Yeah, she yeah. was never sexy. That's fair. Hold on, wait, wait. Never been kissed. <laughs> Et. Et. Drew Barrymore. Oh, I don't know. They're all oh, those are both Drew Barrymore look alike. Uh, the next one I got is uh, fucking um, Packer. Bertha Packer, she's the one who's always on the radio. She's this old lady. She's always smoking, Ooh. and she has like this voice, and she's super monotone. One of the funniest parts, Alfred Packer, of the movie is uh, no, she's those, the best comedic relief of the movie. Like, like sure. you have the you have the, uh, Commander Rourke and Helga Sinclair, and they're like discussing, and the camera only shows them, and they're having a serious conversation. But in the background, you can kind of hear this voice, very low, just going, "Commander, <laughs> Commander, so good, Commander." And just I'm, waiting. I'm watching this tonight, dude. But she has like she's hell like just doesn't give a fuck about anything. She's like, I don't care about what any of you guys are doing. I got my own thing going on. You fucking young assholes. The person I picked is Lily Tomlin. Oh, that's from perfect. Grace and Frankie. <laughs> that's perfect. Right on. That's such a perfect. Um, have you actually watched Grace and Frankie? Not a horrible well, show. You talk- <laughs> not a great show. Not a horrible show. Not a great couple months show, ago, you but, said um, you were watching it. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. I, I enjoyed but it. Lily Tomlin, comedic actress, and she is God, that's played. A great. Movie. She's played that like uh, uh, that old kind of character. Is kind of like I don't care what's going on here. <laughs> and uh, I think I, she has I that stern face too. Yeah, I, I think the fucking look of them is pretty fucking. It's there. All right, so continuing with the crew, picking for uh, Vinny, the demolitions expert. Which is the funniest one. You said mm-hmm. that. He's the Italian guy. He's super fucking funny. Um, he has to be kind of deadpan, he though. And he, that the guy. actor has to be able to do deadpan and like keep a straight face, Dude. but also do a silly accent. My who, pick, who would you Sa- Sa- Sasha Baron yeah, Cohen. No, that's better, yeah. <laughs> Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen? Yeah. Oh, no, Dude. It's, it's per- it's, that's perfect. Dude. That's fucking great. I don't know. In case pe- most people just know him as Borat, but before that he did uh, Ali G show. Ali G. That's how I know him. He did. He did Ali all G. these different kinds of characters, and he can do all. He can d- hit accents. Remember Ricky Bobby? He played the, yeah, French, the guy. French guy. He like, can hit every accent and be deadpan, like you said, be yeah. si- like blank faced, everything, like play stupid, like dude. He's and fucking, he needs to be like just like you know. Okay, like that. He yeah, needs no, to be he, that real yeah, kind. Like, like, every one of Vinny's jokes he does with very, like very little energy, and but Cohen can do that. He's done it, and uh, he looks like him. Just like he's the, he's this tall, slender dude with the same fucking hair, and he has the mustache. He, he hits it. He'd definitely be fucking an Italian. Fucking. He would he would kill it. He'd be great in the comedic role. And uh, for next one is uh, Audrey, who's like the very young uh, the mechanic. Hispanic mechanic uh, girl. 
And for her, I picked. Uh, you guys actually, uh-huh. you guys probably don't even know her, but it, I picked a stand-up comedian. Just don't pick Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, I swear to fucking god. Ew. <laughs> I'm so sick of her. It's so typical. That's like, the, like, that's like the only Hispanic you actress. You know that's they what Hollywood would hire. do. They would they put would, her right. You're, right. <laughs> you're fucking right. We should do that list. Of, She's a mechanic. Who, what Hollywood would fucking pick? She's a mechanic. You know, you gotta pick Rodriguez. We, we gave her cargo pants. She's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the Fast and the Furious. Listen, listen, if I was casting, I would cast an illegal to play it. I know I'm best with illegals. And, and, and casting. I picked a stand-up comedian named Danny Fernandez. Don't know her. She looks the part, though. Yeah, and she's yeah. and he's picking a stand-up comedian, and she's got a little bit of that sass that those comedians. Oh yeah. And also, have, she has a couple of podcasts and everything, and uh, she does a lot of panels at uh, at comic conventions because she's a huge nerd. Dude, it looks pretty similar, but um, yeah, the looks what real. what what's her podcast? Because I swear I know that fucking name from somewhere. Um, like what? She was on Unpopular Opinion. She has she has a Dragon Ball Z podcast called was she Krillin on It. Movies? Krillin It, like maybe. It? <laughs> yeah, she has, she has like a lot of like, other comic friends and everything. But uh, she does like she can hit like in the wall, can hear it. just knowing her personality from that from podcast from podcast and everything. I'm like, dude, she can nail Audrey so fucking easily. Krillin It is her name of the the Dragon Ball yeah. Z. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> I don't know enough about drag. Krillin I don't is, know enough about the Dragon white Ball character, Z to the watch only that white one. character in the fucking. That's the only one that I could go up as costume and nail it. He would nail Krillin. <laughs> He's a sh- <laughs> all shittiest superpowers or, or Tien, whatever. Yeah. But that's another don't story. Make go, dude, don't make me go funny. green. I'll go green if I have you to. Need to. I'm go going green. Piccolo. Fuck you guys. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> no, we just all but needs to do Piccolo. Also, oh, this is this is Danny Fernandez too. I just wanted to show you, Stevie, because I knew you would appreciate this picture. Oh yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. She uh, she basically dressed up as a Roxanne from the Goofy movie. Oh, Not basically, she did dress well, up she as Roxanne. Nailed it. And I'm dressing up as fucking Max, Max, Max. <laughs> Max. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Just and I'm, I'm gonna get it. Max. I'm gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna say deuces to Doc, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> this, dude, this next one, this was my favorite pick of any casting for this movie, and it was Peggy's idea. She just came out with it out of nowhere. It's Cookie. The who is this very hillbilly, I, this hillbilly ass country dude who's like who's very silly and he he's he's hella funny in the movie. He says crazy redneckish kind of shit. Gotta get blue from old school. And what no, I no, got? He's no, old. he's way too old. He's not gonna be energetic enough. He's not gonna be able to deliver the lines oh, yeah, right. I think he's dead. So you need as an old, <laughs> you need as like an old white guy with like fucking. Is that what it is? Yeah, he's an old yeah, white no, dude. No, no, it's the cut. It's the yeah, white old. guy, like white hair and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and is he, is he fat, skinny? Skinny. Uh, the character is very skinny. Oh, so the actor isn't? Who, who, Peggy, who Peggy picked? It's so great. Ron White. What? Oh, my God, dude. Ron okay, White. so I got the pictures comparing them. They don't like – he doesn't look like him. No. He doesn't look like him at but, all. But when you think about, White, think about Ron White – Think about Ron White saying some hillbilly-ass shit. Whiskey. Dude. He's like, lard, whiskey, bacon. Like, yeah, he goes, I got your four basic food groups, bean, bacon, whiskey, and lard. <laughs> like, imagine, like, Ron White <laughs> delivering it in his Ron White fucking way. The problem is, you would have to make sure that that recording session only lasts two hours, because he's going to be torched after that, because he doesn't leave the room without whiskey. He's fucking drunk. Or actually, his own tequila. While everything's going on, everything's do, every, the country's doing his stuff, just imagine Ron White just peek it in for a second wearing suspenders and saying just some fucking silly ass shit and then kind of just laughing at himself. Sounds good. Dude, he fucking Ron White, that's a good one. I, that's, that one's really like, out of the box like, too. Like, good for her. Wow. Yeah, like that one. Like, uh, the whole, oh, like, wow, look at all those tattoos. Oh, that ain't nothing. <laughs> Check it out. 
all 38 United States. Remember, <laughs> imagine Ryan White showing oh his belly. Oh my God, it's perfect. <laughs> the no, voice watch, is perfect. Watch me make North Dakota dance. Come on, baby, dance. Ron White can nail that, dude. I love Ron White, dude. Ron White is amazing, and he can make anything even Ron funnier. White's really the only one that's actually doing new bits out of that whole entire group. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of dude, course. Dude, he's... he's no. He was the only one without a catchphrase. Yeah. The only one. And he became... Dude. Oh, shit. I didn't even He was a road that. comic, but now he's like... He is... Dude, a lot of the younger comics in the little bit younger generation, they all respect him now. He's there at the no, comedy store all the like time. No, he's literally like a legend. They even mentioned like that. Rogan and even Mo- Burr. Most of those like blue collar comedy tour and the Kings, they kind of look at it as like a gimmick. It's almost a gimmicky it's a little very, bit. They're all gimmicky except yeah, yeah. for Ron White. And yet Ron White was able to. He was like the one true yeah, yeah. comedian. And to where he dove too. into this other fucking crowd because he he wasn't the one that was like blue collar and redneck. He never mentions yeah. even being like anything like that country. He just does stand up. Yeah, and he just has huh. that accent. He, he never. That's easy. I Never he never catered. Yeah, he, he never, never catered to that. He never. Pandered. He didn't have to. He never pandered to the the country boys. He only did his shit. Oh my gosh, I don't know why this is coming up. Another album, you know, Thriller by Michael Jack. The whole there thing. There you go. It's a grand album. Let's go. Next one. But, uh, uh, I hope you don't molest. This one I actually like. Uh, like this is the only one we could think of, and we're like, I, I wish there was a better one. But this one, like, the look is perfect, and you know, like the mannerisms and everything would be perfect. The only problem is the voice. Uh, it's mole. The French guy who's the weird guy who just loves dirt, uh, Danny DeVito. Oh, no! <laughs> Don't even... That's, Jesus Christ! That's Jesus, that's, that's, what, that's that is... fucking nailed it! Nailed it. <laughs> Moving on. A little you don't round need to man elaborate. who will be dirty as fuck. <laughs> that's, fucking... that's what you need. You need a little so dirty crazy. round man. <laughs> and he can play himself at this point Danny DeVito yeah, has played with, so many with, roles oh, well, he's no, just with gonna always play sunny. himself yeah. with always he's sunny. gonna play Frank would, that's yeah, what I was exactly. thinking about the yeah. whole time was always sunny I was yeah. thinking about his, uh, his character Frank <laughs> my next one it's a, it's like when you hear it it's such an obvious choice like oh yeah of course of course why who else it's uh, the king of Atlantis, of Atlantis and I picked Morgan Freeman yeah, that's perfect god damn <laughs> Oh, he's yeah. he's he's Come knocking on. this of out course. of the park. The only one is the leading man. Well, I'm not even done. Let me finish. So Morgan Freeman, of course, done this podcast. Because <laughs> the king was originally cursed by Leonard Nimoy. Uh, the character himself, he's the wise. He's a wise old black man. Watch the movie. He's a wise old and black man. The only one in America who has godlike powers. It's Morgan Freeman in real you life. You literally can't cast that he any other he way. He doesn't have to act. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking. It's it's what's the name? only other character. The only other actor I would even want to come close to touching it is Denzel Washington. Right, that's that's it. But I mean, but it's, it's gotta like, be Morgan. It's like fucking uh, Johnny Fontaine from uh, The Godfather when he's like, "He's perfect for me." I'm telling you, the role's perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, that's well, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> wouldn't even have to act. <laughs> be myself. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. That's a great fucking scene too, because he jumps like, "You can act like a man." Oh, he shakes him and shit with this fucking goddamn. <laughs> Tom's laughing at him. Fucking shit in his cheeks. <laughs> cotton. He put cotton in his cheeks to do that. To the Godfather oh, really? voice. Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Great. One of the greatest actors of all time. Anyways, uh, huh. number yeah. next. We gotta do Kida. She's the main female protagonist. She's the badass. And I like you go from less important to most important all the way down. She's also uh, fucking hot. <laughs> really? Fucking she's so she's animated. So fucking hot, dude. Dude. She's also fucking hot. It's like he had to breathe and like think about it. Like mm. She's animated hot. And here's it's the like thing. It's like he took a bite of a really so, good pancake and syrup and he goes, You need someone mm. that's so... Like, so my first thought was, okay, so who... Who's a young, hot black actress? And the first one popped in my head, and then I thought, as I thought about it, it Donald made more Glover. sense. <laughs> Sorry, are you talking about Tessa Thompson from, from Creed? Didn't think oh about yeah, her. dude, she is fucking hella fine. But not she's only, the musician from Creed. Yeah, not only is she, not only just 
the fact that she's super hot or anything, but she's also going to be in Thor Ragnarok. And if Marvel trusts her to be a super badass warrior, I'm going to trust her to she's be too. She's caption him in the trailer, no? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that her as Yeah, Kida, but Marvel likes casting different directors for the same movie because they're assholes. That's nothing to do with the casting of the actors. No, but they're assholes. They're like, ah, we don't need this director. We'll do it. Marvel, 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 Marvel does not miscast. Marvel, Marvel doesn't miscast. Marvel. Star Trek is Marvel doesn't miscast. <laughs> Think of a miscast. Well, they didn't cast a character okay, right. miscast, I'll give you that. They miscast on directing and yeah. and and the production side of things. I'll give, I'll give you the director. But I'm not talking, but I'm not. That's why directing. Guardians is going to be so great because they actually made sure that the director was the same every single time. But but look at Star Wars though. Rogue One was great, and I also like fucking uh, what's it called, The Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. And then look at Star Trek. Star Trek, they're not the same. Different director on the third movie. That actually, that's why the I, third I one kind of sucked. But I mean, they're, they're switching. Well, they're switching up directors with the Star Wars movie. Because- yeah, which is a bad call, in my opinion. You might as well fucking just let J.J. Abrams. No, do but J.J. Abrams is always good at starting things, but not necessarily finishing them. That's so fair. I don't mind that change. That's anyway, uh, so Tessa Thompson as Kida. I think that's fucking awesome. Now, those are all the pictures I have for you guys because when it came down to Milo. This was goddamn impossible. It's super hard. Because you're not just casting... Glasses, red hair. Yeah, no, he doesn't even have... Red blonde, hair? Red hair. Blonde, no, it's, what? Is it blonde brown? It's, brown. it's like... Brown, blonde, it's brown. brown, blonde, brown. It's brown. You can see the picture because I posted the picture online. But, uh, it looks... You're not just... You're just that get, was like a super, like, uh, sorry, colorized photo. Yeah, okay. Anyways. You're not just picking a nerdy, a scrawny, nerdy guy who's going to meet a girl. You're not just doing that. Because if you're going to do that, you're going to cast Michael Sarah as fucking Milo no, Thatch. too young. That's I not who Milo know. Thatch is. M- fucking 99% of Milo Thatch is just Michael J. Fox's performance. And it's really hard. Hmm. It's nigh impossible to cast someone who can be Michael J. fucking Fox because he has such a great way of, of, of portraying overwhelmed, kind of dorky, silly, and charming all at the exact same and time. You're going to have to pick. And also very clumsy. It's you're going to have to pick. Either you're going to be able to get an actor that can portray that, but he's not going to look like Milo, or you're going to get an actor that looks like it, but doesn't do any of the mannerisms. It's hard. Uh, well, Good fucking point. Here was Peggy's idea, and I actually, after a thought, I was like, I actually fucking love that. Michael it's, J. Fox on it's drugs. Super, <laughs> it's super out of the box. It's out, of, it's out of left field, but I want you to give it a chance. Uh, Jonah Hill. <laughs> skinny about if you could get him skinny you don't I even do need it. to make him skinny no i can't i wouldn't i couldn't be on board with him how big he is right now he at least needs to drop 100 pounds like the dude's <laughs> really 100. big right now but i think it would just be it would be very like different. if i could get if i could get the money ball jonah i'll take that guy all day okay, okay. that's a great fucking movie by the way or the, or the 21 jump street jonah Hill. i'll even do um, that one but 22 but, uh, he's already a little bit bigger yeah, <laughs> but uh, he wouldn't be like Milo, the regular Milo yeah, that we yeah. have in the movie. He would be his very, it'd be very Jonah Hill of it. But so it'd be also, like super bad. <laughs> but picturing Jonah Hill is also very silly and funny. Bad. The way he'd be improving, the way he'd be overwhelmed by everything and going nuts about it is fun. holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking, just fucking flying fish me oh, out of rocks. Just flying fish me out of fucking rocks, Kita. I'm all over out of my depth. But uh, that'd be, that'd does, be good. does does the main character have like anxiety in a sense at all? Yeah. Like overwhelmed. So yeah. that, that that would be kind yeah. of fucking perfect. Uh, so but I also, I thought of one today. I was like, this would actually be perfect, but the the body type just the is type? not there. The body, the body type is not there. But I know the actor can portray it perfectly, and that is. Chris the Cap Evans. 
You would need to go anorexic. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, no, Evans would nail it. Is he too good looking for that? No, I don't think he's not. I don't think he's too good. I think if you take like the way Milo's not. It's not that Mike, Milo's not ugly. You know, he's just not he's necessarily just Chris Evans. And weird. You know? Yeah, he's scrawny. And uh, weird, Chris yeah. Evans, like the way he portrayed Cap in the first Captain America movie, that Steve Rogers, that version of Steve Rogers, that skinny oh, little kid. Big? Like not not just the body type. I'm talking about the way he performed throughout no, the whole movie. No, everything about it. No, His I, personality I, is the same throughout the whole. Like basically throughout the whole movie. He gets serious when he needs to get serious. Like, he's this very dorky kid who wants to do the right thing. He's very starry-eyed and naive. And through the circumstances of his life, he, he needs to get tough. He gets tough when he needs to get tough, just like Milo. I think that Chris Evans' face kind of matches. And I think he I think he would actually do it good. The problem Chris is, Evans, the cast. fucker is jacked. Yeah, he's super big. Milo is? Jacked. No, no, no Milo's scrawny. Chris Evans is oh, yeah. Chris so Vegas fucking jacked. Jacked. Like, oh, You would have to do CGI like they did in the first Cap movie to make him look like Milo. And you're right. And it has to be throughout like, the I mean, the hair... His face, his bone structure, because his face is like almost yeah. that like structured jaw to where it looks like it's like you can't make that up. That's God talking. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so pretty sold on my pick. I think Cody Smith McPhee could do it. You just have to dye his hair blonde. The thing is, is I know he has the chops to do what you were saying, uh, the subtleties and the mannerisms, but I haven't seen from him the comedic part, and mm. that would be the hardest part. For what me. about if he dyed his hair, Joseph Gordon Lovett? Just for the Levies. Uh like I don't know. Like, he's too so, like, funny. He's, he's too he's, matter of fact. Like he's too precise. Like he's too. I'm just guessing. No, 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 no. I like the guess. I, I did because I'm looking at different actors. I'm, I'm just thinking. The, the idea is there. It, it is kind of like okay, it's he could close. play. He could play a dorky kind of like lovable guy. Oh, what about the guy from the new guy? He might be too old now though. No, no. no. Um, what about um DJ too lanky? No. Well, we can come back to that another time, okay. but so far, like that's what uh, me and Becky came up with for Atlantis live action. That's um, solid. That's that's the ones we think would be it's that would kill. Solid. So, remember when I was talking to you about a tweet? Yeah, you were talking to me about a tweet. And what we're gonna do now, since we're running low on time, is we're gonna just go ahead and do the movies that we originally picked. So we took a break real fast, and I told Adney that as soon as Dak posted this tweet, I knew the fucking movie that Stevie. <laughs> Was gonna pick, and so I'm just gonna. I didn't say anything after that, so I'm just gonna read Adney the tweet right now from Dakota. <clears throat> and it wasn't. She wasn't directly tweeting at me or anything. It's this just, bitch has her it's own just world you tweet. about me that I don't even you know about because I don't. Really yeah, you tweet. don't see it. I see it every day. I see it. She talks like you're praised, but like, like you are praised. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. But I follow her. I don't ever see um, shit. All right, because you blocked her. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I told Stevie I think he secretly likes Jar Jar Binks, and he said no, but I do like Nicolas Cage. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I was like, how dare you? Hashtag Nick Cage ain't dead. Hashtag <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage will never die. <laughs> I know exactly what movie I got me picked. And, I, and it's the same movie I picked. And I got in an argument with her it about was. this. And this she was, was like, she was like, what do you pick? I was like, like, how fucking dare you? I got no huge argument. And she was like trolling me. And I was like, I was getting a little angry. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, you're both awful. She was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, you fucking kidding me? That's so terrible. And I was like, and then I saw the movie that I wanted. I was like, oh my God, I fucking, I fucking watch the movie so many times. Love she, goes, she goes, are you fucking serious? I hate it. And the kids was like, his grandfather was Francis Ford Coppola. You better shut your fucking mouth right now. doesn't mean anything, though. That doesn't That's mean anything. She said the same thing, and I said, he made Con Air. <laughs> hey, I was on Con fucking Air. I love Con Air. So talk to us about National Treasure. It's the best Disney movie ever made, Besides obviously. <laughs> um, 
I I love National Treasure. So I look at what. <laughs> so we both I, wound up picking National I Treasure. I love National Treasure. So check it out. When you're going through your uh, little cable box and you're just flipping through, you ain't got nothing to watch. <laughs> we both had, we both had the same argument. And when National Treasure comes across that menu, you wind up stopping, clicking on National Treasure, and watching the motherfucker in the middle of where it's at. And you'd be in the middle of the movie, at the end of the movie, like, oh, this is where they found the gold. <laughs> and not National Treasure Two. None of this book. The original. Second one. Sucks. The original. Yeah, your argument for your fucking movie is that well, well there's nothing but shit on. You could totally watch. No, I'm gonna things. say this right here. If remember the Titans and those two movies were at the holes, exact same, holes, Abby. the exact same point, and I was flipping through, I would probably prefer to go to. National treasure. I think that's racist. Because <laughs> remember the Titans makes me way too emotional. I want some escapism when I'm watching some movies, bro. I, I thought I figured <laughs> I figured Chris unlike when I'm listening to music. <laughs> I figured Chris was gonna pick Remember the Titans, so I didn't pick it. But I, I It's was, funny because every movie he named I was gonna pick. So we each had three. It was Remember the Titans, Holes uh, and Holes, and then National, National Treasure, treasure yeah. dude. And I know Adney's movie, I'm gonna say right now, heavyweights. Nope. Oh, no. But, all right, nope. my movie is Heavyweights. <laughs> national fucking treasure. That's dude. Yes. Oh, okay. No, Let's that's not mine. You got to get national, national treasure. No, 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 listen. No, no, listen. no. We gotta defend national treasure. Before, yeah, before you, <laughs> we already defended it. We already defended no, it. We gotta team up. We need to defend with our life. We need to be Nick Cage and that other nerdy white guy. We gotta, we gotta steal the decoration. <laughs> steal the decoration. There's the a map on the back. Of the de- obviously the Illuminati is real, Italians so are real, so original, so original. No, but it's it's such a it's a fun movie. That's it's, what I'm saying. It's so it's fun. So Come on, fun. how is it not? Dude, fun? I'm not. It's, it's fun. It's like it's, dude, it's like you're watching. Dude, it's like you're watching an adult version of Blues Blues, where Nicolas Cage is playing Steve this, and the dog. He's playing both. And no, this the is guy the, the guy in the computer is the dog. That's that's Blue. Riley. This is like yeah. right after Gone Sixty name. Seconds. You know, you know Nick Cage is at his height right wow. now. Like, he's coming off of a good movie, not a shit movie, not knowing. a while after. Anyways, the reason why National Treasure is such a treasure and why Disney actually nailed it it's on this movie. It's such a treasure. Is that it gives me a world that I can live in that is not the world that it's I'm living in. It's just fun. I know, I know there's not a map, but I like to think oh, there is. You think there's I not a map? I know that he didn't you have don't this, know little, for sure this little not pipe that he you found. You a history buff, buff, you? need the Yacht Coast of Independence, Wait. and you need some lemons, and you need some Q-tips. You, hey, that was cool. I didn't even you know that, that was You need a thing. blow dryer, and you need a Benjamin Franklin, is what you need. Hey, mm-hmm. shout out to Diane Kruger, who's super hot. And Sean Bean, Ned Stark, who was yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, putting the all these little clues together. Oh, you got to figure you this were, out. You got to figure out this. You got to figure out this. Well, I mean, the movie. You me and Nick the Cage. The movie helped me. He, and Nick the Nick whole Cage. movie is him gold blooming. I don't Doing care. Like the I don't, that's the greatest gold blooming <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> you would add me, Bereno, it up if there was a comic book search and you were like, hold on, wait, hold on. These glasses. These look like they were from like 11, 12 DC coming out at August 23rd of 1976. Hold on. Bam. Wait, hold on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, and you'd be like, all right, we're going where you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> you follow. All right, we'll go where you want to go. Follow the guy who knows things. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay, I'm Come not, on, treasure hunts are I know, cool. I, I, like treasure I love history, and I thought it was really cool. I'm not to saying the, I don't like it. I like the movie. And no, I a, understand. I, I like the combativeness. It's good. who's fucking, who's also super smart with and history. And she's like, hey, this is bullshit. There, there gives you your realism right there. And remember that, remember that fucking scene where he's like, 
he's all uses the water bottle as a magnifying glass on the hundred dollar bill, yeah. and like that's also the moment that Diane Kruger decides, oh, I'm gonna fuck Nick Cage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's him doing this. <laughs> so, so for those who didn't see it, was Stevie looking through his uh, beer bottle. So, I don't think it's for using. I think it's for looking through. <laughs> so bad, man. That's you mean bad as in good? Oh, that's a deep cut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you when you say bad, you, you mean bad as in yeah, like bad like and bougie. Yeah, good job. As in bad. No, but bougie. it's bad. It's a bad <laughs> movie. No, I I fucking love this movie. And uh, dude, it can be bad. No, like I said, like like sorry, we said at the beginning of the, the talk, water these bottle. aren't the best movies. These are the ones we like the most. He's the number on the fucking. Uh, Holes also bill. isn't a great movie, but nope. it kind of is. Kind of is. Shia LaBeouf kind of <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> I have zero respect for people who don't like holes. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of relates to anal sex day. <laughs> I, I have... don't want to dig any more holes, Grandpa. <laughs> that's a too damn bad. You just keep digging. <laughs> that's the best part of the movie. Yeah, that's what I said. So I told Chris. Oh, that movie has Eartha Kitt, who was Catwoman once. Wow. See? Oh. See? Revolutionary. <laughs> no, no. It's National <laughs> Treasure is what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Sorry. Because it is a treasure. treasure. John Voight. John Voight. I, yeah, John Voight. Yeah, Jonah, or uh, fucking Angela Jolie's dad. Um, He's an asshole, but whatever. He peaked in uh, Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a Brazilian. So, I really do love... I, that National Treasure is my pick. I was like, I think he's going to pick it. Or I think I was like, hopefully no one picks it. So, I had a couple backed up. I thought he was going to pick Remember the Titans. It's funny that all of his backups were my... Like, we literally picked the same fucking movies. And I was going to pick Heavyweights, but I was like, Adney has to pick that one because it's such an underrated movie and nobody nobody's ever seen Heavyweights. Ben Stiller's amazing. That's where Ben Stiller peaked, by the way. <laughs> he does, dude. He Heavyweights played the same guy in, in Dodgeball. Dodgeball. <laughs> Heavyweights is such a fucking fun movie. Uh, but yeah, it's I love. So I saw 90s. it so long ago. It's super like, it's 90s, super though. vague, and it's actually on Hulu. Yeah, I, but I, it is. It, and I, so, wait, I love National Treasure. Sorry, and it upsets the second one. I did not like it. Sucked. At all. I think the first one was fun. Is a romp for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Historical it. romp. Hey man, his little side character guy. That's Riley. like a side. Dude, that guy's hilarious. He Come is. on, great you know, comedic you know relief. Justin, uh, daylight savings. Benjamin Franklin. Both of them in jail. He's like fucking goddamn it. He can't get anything <laughs> He's like, right. Oh, they're smart. We're not too. We're not too late, cause uh. Well, you don't know this, do you? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is this what it uh? Oh, okay. Oh wow, I'm just hold on. I'm enjoying this. Because, <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Because uh, me knowing something you guys don't. I mean, like, is this? How you feel all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that scene, dude. He's like, oh, hey, man, one man. Dude, percent. I love, I love one that, percent. I love that he's like, oh, man, he's in a uh, Ferrari. Dude. It's amazing. He's like this. Hold on, let me uh, hold on, let me take a minute. Like I love that he's <laughs> yeah. like, just go ahead. Like they're all like, <laughs> come on, tell us. They're in the fucking stupid store. Um, yeah, right after she decided that's that, oh, he, I'm going to fuck yeah. Nick Cage. This was after that. And that's when he says, you know who suggested Daylight Savings? They both say, Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, but it's a great movie. So you didn't pick National Treasure, though. I didn't pick, I didn't pick Heavyweights, but uh, a little Damn, hint. I would have My movie has three of the same cast members as Heavyweights. No way. Uh, Santa Claus. What? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> who? <laughs> Not as good as sausage and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the, <laughs> all right, I picked the Mighty Ducks. Oh my God! <laughs> you're a piece of shit. You're a fucking piece of shit because I told Dak, no, if I pick Mighty Ducks, you're gonna make fun of me. I told Dak, I was like, I've seen Mighty Ducks. 
I've seen Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks 2 more so than I think any other Disney movie. Chris I've freaked out back there. So fucking, I've seen both of them so fucking much. Ke- uh, Ke- uh, fucking Keenan from yeah, SNL. Yeah, Keenan Thompson. He is plays the, the fucking uh, he's in the second goalie. One. He's, he's in the second one. He's not the, the, no, he's not the goalie. No, he's a player. He has the knuckle puck. It was. Oh yeah, yeah, that he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. And the, the reason, wait, hold on, before you go on, the reason why me and uh, Stevie didn't actually explain National Treasure to you, because you know you've seen it already, so uh, continue. Because it's rewatchable, because <laughs> you turn it on when it's midway through the and movie. it's literally on, on every cable station. That's how good it is. See? Exactly. <laughs> I, I actually thought... Now, wait, 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 wait. Is Mighty Ducks 2 on? Is Mighty Ducks on? Uh, Mighty Ducks we... isn't on nothing. It's in the Disney vault, because it's that valuable. Ooh. Dude, it is uh, really good, good one. I love it. <laughs> I fucking love that fucking movie, dude. Uh, it's been... It's been Easily, you can't redo it. Thirteen either. years since I've seen it, dude. It's been a long. Emilio Estevez, this dude, mighty gets yeah. in trouble. I definitely need to rewatch it. I haven't watched it since I went to film school. I watched it the other day because I was like, I got it. I was like, I thought. Are that we talking? Okay, first, second, first, no, first, 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 Fuck you. I was like, dude, I'm going to pick that movie. What the Ten- fuck? <laughs> Dak was like, <laughs> spit I told Dak. I was like, I want to pick Mighty Ducks because I've rewatched it so many times. He, he got me. I was like laughing <laughs> mid-fucking <coughs> drink. because you, you drank during a burp sort of. Um, but I'll, I told her, shut up. They're going to make fun of me if I choose Mighty Ducks. She's the one that told me, yeah, get it. And I was like, no, they're going to they're gonna talk shit. They're going to, I'm, I'm afraid. There's no way you can talk shit on I'm Mighty afraid. Ducks. I'm afraid to pick That's my like, movie. Of course you can talk shit on National Treasure. I don't know if you can talk shit on the Mighty Ducks. It's like, kind let of me a, hear an dude, argument. Dude, it's above reproach. It's, it's Bill and Ted. It's up there. It's, it's, on, it's, on, it's on top of the mountain. It's on top of the mountain. <laughs> great. Oh, this, okay, the Mighty Ducks fucking nailed the formula of the ragtag sports team yep. who... Against all odds, gets one super badass outcast character, and they add to the team, and the team wins the fucking championship against the asshole rich kids. They did the same thing a second time, too, with the black guy. He's a gangster. He's in the streets. Yeah, like, they got their team got beat by a street hockey team, and they're like, oh, wow, that knuckle puck trick is pretty sweet. Come on, Keenan, be part of our team. Very dangerous. Put it the if you put a puck like that and launch it, people. It's not no, really practical. I do not know. It's how not practical. It's actually not practical because in Mighty Ducks three they tried that shit and the fucking seniors on the team, the senior team was like not having that and they fucked Keenan. That was up. a B movie too and it was bullshit. I didn't like that. <laughs> bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. They're all in college and shit. They get picked on. Yeah, they're on college. They're freshmen. They're playing against the seniors. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking we're about, talking about the, the that Ridge. The, the Ridge Tridge. The first one of the Ridge Tridge. You know what? I honestly think Both of these are my movies, so I'm going to be in here with you, right? I honestly think that a lot of people probably listening to us have not seen. No. Let me explain them. I, I, I think so. Like, Let me explain. Just fly together, homeboy. They sing Queen. Queen is in the movie. Yeah, it is. That's Let me explain to you, anything. okay, about these ragtag motherfuckers. So fucking ragtag. They're so fucking ragtag. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, not a 30 so, minute. Uh, uh, I'll be quick. All right. Emilio fucking Estevez. <laughs> <Say it again. laughs> Emilio mother Emilio! fucking Estevez. Ooh, the Mighty Duck Man, I swear to God, Chris. <laughs> Before he decided to disappear off the face of the earth, he was in Mighty Ducks. <laughs> right? And he That's played... who needs to play Milo. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like. <laughs> okay, so. <clears throat> so, Emilio Estevez, he plays this hotshot lawyer named Gordon Bombay. Super fucking. He's like Gordon. he's like thirty something and O in his fucking cases. He's just this arrogant asshole. He wins this big case. So he goes out drinking and driving. He, he has, has a southern has this, accent, like uh, no. he has this amazing Corvette. <laughs> he's like he's like driving. drinking a beer while he's driving and shit. He's just having a good time. He's driving. Was it a convertible? 
Uh, no, no, the top's uh, up because it's I like would, snowing. It's okay. snowing, and that's kind of why. Oh, that makes sense. That's kind of why the cop is like, "I gotta pull you over soon." Cop pulls him over, and he's just being a fucking asshole to the fucking cop because he's white in the eighties. Because he's white, <laughs> offering the cop, <laughs> offering the cop cocaine. <laughs> Dude, and white people got a lot, a lot of shit in the 80s. Still but, uh, do. Still do. <laughs> Going strong. Still in the 80s. But anyways, so he fucking, he takes him in and everything, but his boss who owns this giant law firm is like, we can't handle this kind of publicity. We're doing a deal. You can do community service. Yep. Just so happens that Gordon Bombay used to play hockey. He played peewee hockey like, and then all throughout his life. He was like. Would have went pro. He could have gone pro. Like he was an incredible hockey player. Like he set records. That's how good of a hockey player Gordon Bombay was, but he fell out of love with it. They get into that in the movie later on. And but, he became a dude, that's a, lawyer. Hey, that's a, that's a real thing, though. Like that, That's why I kind of love that they touched on that, because that is a real fucking thing. You can be in something, and you can be a specialist in it, and you, you do fucking... You, you get so, over, yeah, of course. You like, get, dude, repetition will make you fall. Like it, you, Passion can go back and forth. Passion can go away and come back, and go away and come back. That's true with yeah. everything. A big part of it is like he had this horrible coach, and uh, the horrible coach is now doing uh, peewee hockey, He's still doing it for this team called the Hawks. That's the team that it's like Gordon the flashback from Gordon Gordon used to play on the Hawks when he was a kid, and that coach was an asshole to him. I told him that the only thing that's important is winning. If you do the wrong thing, doesn't matter as long as you win. Gave him this really shitty mentality, and he brought that into his adult life. Wait, as a hold lawyer. on. Have you have you had a coach ever say that to you? Because I haven't. Now either I've had you've really good coached. coaches. Really, you've never been on like a no, team. No. I've said that to a couple of girls that were blowing me though. <laughs> as long as you fucking win, it doesn't matter. I'll and you'll know when you win, you'll get a receipt. And the one time <laughs> I did receipt. get the coach, that was like it's all about winning. Don't have receipt. <laughs> two weeks later. Okay, but uh, anyways, his community service is that he has to coach a pee wee hockey team. He used to play hockey. He can coach his team. Also, we're basically letting you go from the firm. He's like, how can you do this? He's like, we can't handle this publicity, Gordon. So you're gonna have to go away. He's like, <laughs> God damn it! And he's so gosh miserable. darn it! And he meets this team and oh, coach, because it pays just as much as lawyering. <laughs> he hates doing, but he does it anyways because he has to. He meets the team. The team is just the fucking ragtag misfits. They are horrible. Oh, so he's not getting like the all stars? No, or he anything? goes around in a limo and he picks up people. Literally the worst. Does he team. even get like that one star player that's like really good? No, nope. no, nope. nothing. Let me, no. It's, it's a city. It's a whole city of different teams. And they have their regions, and the Hawks is like the the grade A team, and on the other side of the tracks is their team. And their team doesn't even have a name, which is District something. Oh, so it's Eight Mile. He they're goes Detroit. Around, yeah, so they he, must be on the opposite side, Eight Mile. He goes around, <laughs> No, it's Indianapolis too, where they're at. But it's so anyway, really, are they in Indy? Yeah, that's crazy. And they go. He goes around the the the. Limo. limo and he That's goes later in. oh sorry my bad when he first gets to when he calm he, down duck he, fan oh, you yeah. should know if a, it's at his movie you, quack, quack, you're quack, not allowed quack, to tell him quack, his movie quack, <laughs> quack, 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 quack. see chris ducks fly together but he first meets the team and they're all together and they're just a bunch of loser misfits and they suck. They can't skate. The 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 fucking goalie Goldberg is afraid of pucks. Yeah. So anytime somebody shoots at him, he literally runs away. A fast uh, guy who can't stop. Like he. No, that's that second one. 
God damn it, are you serious? Yeah, it's not the first one. <laughs> but they're having, they're having all the movies. D2. <laughs> they fucking, dude, they, they just suck so bad. And he doesn't care. He's like, I don't care. I'm just that here to. one guy's on. Oh, sorry. Gordon Bobby does not care about the coaching, but they lose teams. He ends up seeing that old coach that coaches the Hawks. And he's like, I fucking hate this guy. And they lose to him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to actually try to get these guys to win. But what he does is he just teaches them to take fouls. He makes the, all of his players take dives, pretend oh, that they're play hurt. Oh, dirty. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so they can, Money ball. So they can get. <laughs> no, 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 that. They didn't, they didn't call fouls. They, they didn't call fouls, didn't. no, but they did a little fucking uh, no. ball. They ball literally... Ball. No, no. No, that's not... That's not Whatever. <laughs> they got big with bases. I know. I've seen the movie. Did you? I've seen the movie. I don't know. Because Isn't that they, the one with... Um, What's no, that? stop. Brad Pitt, where he like, eats food. He's in like, the Nazis. beating the Nazis, right? It's <laughs> money ball. I need, Bring another guy over here. Alive. I need me nine, nine players. Yeah, baseball <laughs> bat in that movie, right? <laughs> That's fucked up. Jewish American <laughs> baseball players. Swimmer bodies. <laughs> Jews. Like Jesus. Swimmer Jewish bodies. Like Jesus. Jesus was a Jew. Anyways, so. But then he finally, he does finally kind of find himself and he kind of learns the fucking lesson and all that kind of thing. He starts like these he kids learns, and when he mom. Learns, yeah, he learns to fall in love with the kids and that mom. That mom. That's that, the reason he was there. Like, mom I'm going to treat this kids right because I'm about to treat her right. You well, the mom it? was like his driving force to stay, you know, and then he eventually and that loved one, the kids. And like the main, the main, the, the, the son of the hot mom, the, like the kid that he first connects with, he actually ends up being in a lot of movies throughout the Yeah, movie. are you talking about the freckled kid with the red hair? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. He's also a child actor, and I can't fucking think of his no, name. There's a couple of them that actually he, stay he was throughout. In, he was in, uh, uh. The Bone Society movie? Yeah, there was a couple of them that actually he stayed. He's in Dawson's Creek. There's a couple of them that stayed throughout, and then that one Throughout dude, the that, like, yeah, yeah, and then the Definitely. trilogy, like, switches the other team, that one guy, that is, no, in the second one, he switches teams too, right? Well, there is that one kid, the rich kid, the first who plays whoa, for whoa, the whoa, 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 we're on the first one, can we, like, do the first one first? Wait, no, I'm, I'm asking him a personal question, this is all the podcast, is, the, is it the first or the second one where he hits his fucking wrist, fucks up his wrist, is that the first movie? That's the second. That's the second okay, movie. Yeah, yeah. But he like switches. He comes and plays for the Ducks in the first movie. Yeah, yeah he does. He comes. He comes from the rich area. Yeah, and the dad didn't want him playing for the Ducks because it's a B B team. Yeah, and this then, is by the way. Like their name, like I said before, like they just they're just a district. They're like Team Four or whatever. The way they got the name is the, at the Ducks. End of the no, fuck, it's not it's at, at the, the end. The it's old like old guy. It's right? at the middle. It's at the middle of the movie. Uh, Gordon Bombay goes to his boss. This go. is after the team's been beaten down, the, and the yeah. coach is saying, yeah, yeah. "You guys aren't going to make cool, it. This is useless." Guy. Yeah, after it's a while, like dude. this is after he, after Gordon falls in love with the kids, and he starts like regaining his passion again. He sees this old guy who used to mentor him, and he's like, "Used to remember? You, you need to remember that you used to love this game. That's why you played. Remember." Because you love the ice, and he goes to him. He's like a he's like a uh, yeah, yeah, Marty yeah. and Doc character sort said. of like, thing. That's what he tells to Bombay, and Bombay actually takes his old. You gotta skates. go back to the ice, <laughs> and he starts he starts gets on the ice, and he just skates for a while, and he like he gets that passion back, and then he's like, I'm gonna actually help these kids. Which is funny. He just skates like going on a walk, and like you know what? I really do love exercise. <laughs> it's like that. And, uh, so he starts actually playing again, like not playing again, but uh, he starts actually teaching the kids how to play the game. And he's going on his own, yeah, like, because he's so he's so good at hockey. He knows everything. He knows all the fundamentals. He knows all these great tricks to get better and he's passing it on and he's bonding with the kids finally and he knows how to cheat because of his old coach he doesn't, <laughs> the Hawks. He doesn't fucking cheat anymore but he knows how <laughs> I'm God. just saying he knows how I'm just saying he's knowledgeable he's not <laughs> cheating god because damn it he's, he's not, not a cheater a anymore a lot of he's not a cheating he doesn't cheat he fucks the person's mom and he doesn't cheat on her you know what I'm saying <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but he, I'm saying he knows how to cheat. Doesn't mean he's going to do it. You know how to cheat on so boxing, bad. don't you? Goddamn. How can you call fucking, fouls if you don't know cheating? Moron. So he trains his kids, <laughs> which cheating's like, so they can call fouls. I'm right there with you, pimp. Come on. We're going to we're get on this. <laughs> So stupid. After we fall, like the kids, the kids get into his fucking face about how like we're here to play, not to fucking. Blackie gets in his face. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, he starts teaching him all that stuff, and then he goes to his boss, and. Boss. <laughs> it's not even. Oh, so now so bees. We're it's just, just going the, on oh, bees. We're just it's random everything, words. Whenever you say words, if I hear Jesse in my head, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and he actually because like his boss's last name is Duck something. So he's like, why don't if, like, why don't you uh, Duckworth Ken with the Duckworth. Duckworth. <laughs> 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 at the same time. <laughs> and he's like, please like sponsor the kids. He asks him to sponsor the kids. He's like, this will be great for you. It'll be great publicity. You're giving back to the community. All this stuff. And he convinces him to do it. And he gets like like 15 grand or something together and he creates the team wow. the ducks he just goes to Atlanta right and he starts spending money <laughs> and he puts his name on it and he, start, he got, buys them all new gear and everything and then of course they're like they're all mad about like ducks that's whippy he's all ducks aren't whippy ducks are the shit I mean I've ever seen an animal fight a duck because every animal knows duck is the one and you're the <laughs> ducks. ducks ain't nothing <laughs> to fuck with and ducks fly together <laughs> that's the name <laughs> no, no ducks fly together no ducks fly together is the name ducks fly together, together, together is the name of the podcast Wu-Tang Clan 36 Chambers yeah or Wu-Tang Clan Check ducks ain't nothing to fuck with it's a great song it's on the third album that's what's great like there's a scene in the first movie like in this movie there's like a part where uh he has a falling out with the kids and the kids go one way and he goes the other way and the kids get into a fight with their teacher and they all start quacking at the t-shirt. <laughs> so Which is quack, fucking terrifying. Quack, quack, quack. It's the same thing and that he, happened in uh, Children of the Corn. It was terrifying. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon Bombay, like like we said earlier, like there's a player that's playing for the Hawks, but he's like legally he's supposed to be playing for the Ducks. And Bombay points that out. It's a good, He's playing for that team that he hates, for that coach that he's an asshole. It's like being going, going to a school where you're not in the right it's like a checkout's vicinity. gone upon yeah. a checkout's gone. It's all, yeah. it's this, this team of assholes with this asshole coach. They get that player back on onto their team now, and everything. But his dad goes to Gordon Bombay's boss and says, "You got to get this guy under control. I want my son playing for the Hawks, not for the fucking Ducks." And he Bombay walks in this meeting and he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "Are you?" He's like, "Are you prepared to lose your job over this silly little game, Bombay?" And Gordon just looks at him and goes, "No, I think the question is, are you prepared to fire me over a silly little game like this?" Which would never happen because I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your ragtag piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, room. and that's when I'll he starts. Fire you! He's a good boy. He starts quacking at his boss. Oh my god! And it's great. He's all, oh yeah, that's yes, not- Mr. Duckworth. Quack quack quack, Mr. Duckworth. Quack quack quack, and he starts going fucking nuts. It's so awesome. Backing out of the room and shit. <laughs> and he meets up back with the kids, and they have like their like coming back together scene. And he's like, "You guys quacked at the teacher?" They're all, "Yeah." He's all, yeah, we're fucking ducks. <laughs> I, 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 I we're all cracking so, now. So I cracked to my boss, and they were like, "How are you gonna afford the team?" I mean, it's already paid like, for the team. We already, we already wore these. Like, how can you? Like, you're already paid for. Where's your job coming but, from? Like, but, like smart you said, kids. There is a point in the movie where they find the one kid that's good, but he's not really good. They go around. He's a to, bad kid. They try to recruit. They try to recruit more people, and they find this kid. He's this giant kid who's like homeless, basically, and he beats people up in alleys. He's this super scary kid, and it turns out that he has one a hell of a slap shot. 
He just can't skate. So Gordon Bobbay is like, I'm going to teach you how to skate. So now he's on part of the team, and he's part of the, he's also part of the team. Then he also goes, and he sees to this ice skating rink, and he sees, like, this girl who's, like, a figure skater. She's super good. And he basically recruits her to be a player. So she's at it. So now, now we got some fucking stylistic playing. I every girl in that movie. Woo! Even talk that about guy being, and that girl, like, the, talk the, about being gender fluid before gender fluid was a thing. The romantic couple, you know, like, Ahead the two couple that's together. I always thought she was hot. She reminded me of Beverly Marsh from uh, It. LeBron yeah. Her chick. yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, she ended up being a goalie in mm-hmm. uh, the second movie, but um, in the first movie she's just a player. But anyways, it's a fucking awesome movie. It's all fuck. It's so fucking ragtag. And he, they play against the fucking main asshole team, the Hawks, and they're playing. And he's trying to be like a cheaty little asshole. But you know what they do? They pull out all the stops. And by all the stops, what I mean is they give him the flying V. <laughs> oh yeah, just they that. give him just the like the mother. Gave the coach that flying V, motherfucker. They get in the shape ah, of a V, and they're passing ah, the fuck around. And they start quacking it. at her when you're fucking her. And let's not forget the triple deke. You remember the triple deke? Fake one, fake two, fake three. Oh, you shoot it in. Triple deke. <laughs> Listen, Max, 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 triple Max. D. Max. My triple. name is Triple D. I'm changing Max. it. I'm a big triple D. duck fan. You fake him three times. Max, not once. Or twice, Max. Max Three times. Four, four times. Or together, too Max. <laughs> four times. Too much, Max. That's crazy. This don't, crazy. I don't do crazy game, Max. Max. This box. I mean, this ducks. This. <laughs> Max. This. We quack, Max. Max. <laughs> quack. This fly together, Max. I'm done with you. My fists fly together. All the time. This is my style. This is duck style. This is duck style. Smarty <laughs> <laughs> duck style. This is Emilio style. <laughs> but it's it's a perfect fucking kid it's a perfect movie. movie. It's a perfect, perfect movie. ragtag movie. It's perfect trilogy. And it spawned a fucking empire of movies. Dude, Mighty Ducks 2 is the shit. It's all about... Because that's what it's I about. I love. It's about... It's yeah, about that's what it's about. Mighty Ducks 2, motherfucker. It's, it's about... Because that one becomes about... We Godfather move, 2. We're, right, we're city champs, but now we're going to do international play. Now it's the US. Versus fucking Iceland. USA versus <laughs> some racist, <laughs> some racist and ass Icelanders. Yeah. Some pale ass racist fucking Icelanders. Aryan motherfuckers. Keenan... Motherfucker is on there. Keenan Thompson from Keenan and Kale fame. And also in SNL. He's I mean, he peaked SNL. at Keenan. He's on like 13 seasons of SNL. Yeah, he is. He, he play, he's one of 13 seasons. Yeah, he's wow. been on there a he long time. He comes in. Time. He's awesome. We also get a second bat. We get a second badass kid who's tough and everything. And then him and the first Hell badass kid. Hell of a fast kid. Hell of a fast. Isn't he got in there? No. No, looks like the Benny boy. the Jet Rodriguez. Yeah. No, no, it's not him. Well, the kid is fucking fast. As fuck. <laughs> it's the fast. It's the, it's the fast skater who I can't stop. Talking, I wasn't talking about that guy. I was talking about the other. He's a he's a big tough kid who's just like the first big tough kid from the first movie, and they create the Bash. Bros. Oh yeah, the, the Bash, Bash Bros. Bros. No, I thought okay. That there's also a Hispanic kid who's <laughs> an incredibly fast, fast skater. Yeah. Incredibly, you just can't. He just don't know how to stop. Is he in the first in the first one too? Though? He's not in the first one. Oh yeah. So yeah, that I love that fucking character. Doesn't know how to stop. The character's but name is Adney. The Bash Bros are awesome. I you, don't know how to stop. You think, you think they're going to be enemies. Yeah, they get him in the alleyway when he's fucking hitting pucks in the alleyway. And it's like, wham, wham, hitting against trash cans. Hell hard making dents and shit. They're like, we can get that nigga on our team. <laughs> and they do. And he, yeah, the Bash Brothers, they hit their heads and they fuck people up. Dude, 
It's a good movie. But like, we were, I remember Stevie and Steve were in, in high school and they had us play Street Hoggy in PE. And we're like, Bash Brothers! And we start <laughs> fucking people up. Fucking up all the fucking goddamn yeah, and super pale kids. The we were all yeah. the girls, they fucking got elbowed in the face. If people were from fucking Iceland, we fucked them up. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we killed Australians. All the Europeans up. got murdered. Started hitting all the women because they were our size, so we didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the end, in the third one, it's they go into college and, and it's freshmen stupid. versus fucking seniors but it's still pretty fucking awesome it's still mighty I need a couple characters that, that transferred through the first ones to the ends you get the main rich kid that transferred over he's in college but he's like now the almost the main character sort of thing yeah. he's looked at like oh you remember him from the first two right well now this is your main guy Aww. and he's the first, two are, the first two are definitely better than the third but the third's still pretty good yeah the first two are great though when they come out in those duck uniforms oh my god it's fucking great quack 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 dude man. they come out in those I duck wish I would've watched it more so I could be on the opposite side and just be bashing it but I haven't oh you're not a bash it. brother you I can't bash it <laughs> I haven't dude, seen it in so long when, I can't even attempt to do it when Coach Bombay's <laughs> mentor listen up okay this is a great moment he brings in those <laughs> box of duck uniforms and they all pull them out and they put them on. It's like halftime, I think the last game. And you're like, the new ones, the new yeah, uniforms, yeah, the, new, the this, badass this part ones. Two. They have USA. They're all USA, right? I think it's, I remember this. He I brings think I remember them. This. They were wearing USA gear, motherfucker. He brings them in the duck gear and they put it on. They go out there as ducks. Like they're ducks. They're ducks. And it's like in real life, they're like, all right, they forfeit. There's a wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> but in the movies, in the Disney live action movies. Oh, they come as the ducks. And the Disney magic. Oh, That's what eggs. Disney does. It creates magic. And it gives us magic. These movies that are so influential and impactful to us as kids. That we loved them as kids. Who could still hold a sway to us as an adult. Here I am. I'm a 26-year-old man. And I watched this fucking movie, Mighty Ducks, the other night. There's no reason why I should like it still. There's no reason why. Every other old movie I liked as a kid, you watch it now. It's like, oh, this was so much dumber Depending than I thought it was. Clearly. Depending on most of the time, that's what it feels like yeah. when you like something at that young of an age. Well, well, but I went back. I went back. I fucking watched this movie, and I fucking loved every minute of it. I was into it. I actually under. I was into the characters, no matter how silly they got. I was into the storyline. I was into the arc, no matter how formulaic and uh, easy, easy to predict that it was. I still love the movie. The movie still is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's still. It really is not just. I didn't just pick it because I thought you guys were gonna pick my favorite one. No, this is my favorite live action Disney movie. Mighty Ducks is the shit. Dude, cool. My honorable mention that I wanted to bring up that was so close to picking. I don't even think you guys either seen it. It's very recent. It's the most recent one that was. Mm, of probably my... didn't see it. That's <laughs> uh, the comeback, the pacifier, saving uh, saving Mr. Banks. Nope. Has never seen it. Starring Tom Hanks and uh, Emma Thompson. Oh, it's where he plays Walt Disney. He plays Walt. Tom Hanks is Walt Disney, yeah. and he's so perfect. And Emma Thompson plays the writer that created Mary Poppins. Yeah, and uh, I've seen a preview for it. I never watched. Mary it. I've seen Poppins the trailer. is rated as the number one, and I have not watched it. It's rated as the like quintessential Disney movie that you need to watch. I, I haven't. I haven't watched it in so long because I my sister. Like I said, my sister watched oh, it. Right. Dude, they made so a much movie. They made I, a I, I I started to hate it. Like I was like, ah, fuck that movie. So I haven't watched it. In forever i kind of want to though they made a movie about that being a movie so clearly the movie saving mr banks is mostly about uh because this woman didn't want to sell the rights to mary poppins it was a book and she's like i don't want him to disneyfy it he's gonna make it all singing and dancing all these silly characters and here's the thing when you watch the movie all that's in there so you're like why the fuck this woman is so against all those things why would she let her movie be her well, story I imagine it was compromised. be turned into that and throughout the movie you find out why 
Oh, you shit. find out why she let all these things happen, and you've and a big part of it is like him also learning what the actual story was about. Oh, he didn't well, understand. Then that movie is not like a most quintessential Disney movie, as in like a um, you have the big chorus, you have a big uh, song. No, and it doesn't. Say it's more about yeah. saving more. Mr. Banks is a film. That's that's cool. That's cool. I, I'm down to watch. So Walt Disney is not a Nazi. He's a charming Nazi. <laughs> charming as fuck Nazi. And what you're saying is Walt Disney is original. We should do a Walt Disney. Episode. Here's the thing. He's so charming and amazing. Tom Hanks, of course, is always like that. Yeah. But uh, it's him. Like douchebag points. He thinks, him, <laughs> he thinks it's all about how like oh, it's about Mary Poppins' this magical figure saving the children. It's for children. So we gotta make it bigger and better. We have to make it more magical. We have to add all these songs and everything. And she's like, you don't understand what my story is about then. It's not about her saving the kids. It's about her saving their dad. Their dad's the bad guy. Their dad's the one who needs to be changed. And going through that and then like them going through this great transformation, like Saving Mr. Banks is actually a, such a charming, like really feel-good movie. It's actually really fucking good. I saw a trailer for it and I wanted to watch it. It is fucking charming because it's the same girl who plays uh, Man, the, I have not even play, seen, plays I have the not chef in that movie. movie. She's, she's like one of the first chefs ever. What's the actress's name? Her name is Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's she the was same. in Harry Potter. She was the herbologist. Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure she I was think. the same. She was the one who told the future. Yeah. What? She told the way of the future. She told the way of the future. Um, but I'm pretty sure she's in another movie that I'm thinking of because I remember. Love actually. Yeah. No, but uh, she was yeah, Tom Hanks as Walt Disney is perfect. I remember seeing the trailer for that movie. I'm like, that looks <laughs> good. I never even thought about watching it or anything. I've never. Yeah. But let's just be yeah. honest. If you if you haven't seen him, go back watch Mighty Ducks one, two, three. Is kind of shitty. Don't fucking watch it. I mean, you can if you I want. Think, if I you're think, into the franchise, dude, here's the thing. you After, might as well no, watch it. If here's you're the thing. Gonna... After watching one and two, yeah. do you really think you're going to resist? There's another movie? How can I not watch it? Okay, those true. first two movies are so awesome. You're going to want to watch the third. Yeah, and especially when you grow up with the kids, you're like, I kind of want to ice skate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to play hockey. <laughs> yeah. And it's the exact opposite with National Treasure. You watch the first one, you're like, yeah, I'm good. And then they make a don't second watch, one. You're like, don't, yeah, don't, don't watch, watch the second one. It's a like dumb and dumber. But yeah, so whole Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Awesome, but don't watch the sequel to that. Just the first one. Honey, I Shrunk Giant the Kids. Giant fucking baby, stupid bullshit. Um, yeah, and then whole Homeward Bound. We gotta watch Homeward Bound. I actually watched it recently. Super silly, super goofy, but, but still fun. Michael J. Fox once again God coming in it. hard. He's amazing. Dude, it was like I was watching it with Peggy, and there's the, the scene where the cat falls into the river and starts flowing down the river. Like, oh my god, oh, we gotta, she was we gotta save Sassy! <laughs> we gotta save Sassy! I look over and Peggy's crying her ass off. It's just like playing with clay, too. I like I bought her this giant brick of clay. She's like playing with her clay, like trying not to cry. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> it was still a fun She's movie. Like, Why are you Not crying? as good. Not it's as good Chris, as Chris Why are you crying? It is a good movie. <laughs> Homeward Brown is not as good as the other movies we talked about. But, but still. It, it's it's it's. It's a, it's a it's nice there. Disney feels good. <laughs> it's Michael J. Fox, motherfucker. <laughs> What's funny is we've all we've all kind of fallen on the same films because it was like I was instantly afraid. Like no, they're gonna pick this because there's not that many that we can relate to with. Live action. It's live action Disney gone, movies are rare. Yeah, you've had live action. You've had you've had to have like grown up with them in some way. I mean, that's why it's like I don't know about that one. I liked Santa Claus when I was a kid. I fucking actually did like that movie because Tim Allen. I watched Tim Home Allen Improvement. I watched Home Improvement a oh, lot. Home Improvement. I fucking show. loved Home Improvement. So I Santa watched Claus Santa Claus. Yeah, I watched it too. You know, so of course holes, dude. I watched that in school. 
I fucking loved it. They made us read it, and I was like, I'm not reading that, but I watched the movie, and I'm like, I love That's even Stevens and Holes kicks fucking ass. Books didn't read the book. That's I didn't read books. I was I didn't read my first book. Till I was 19, so I didn't read any books. Oh, but man. I loved Holes, dude. I was like, this movie's fucking awesome. Broke that fucking yell nuts curse, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But I, what I always thought about when I was older was like, there's no one in that suite. Yeah, those are our those are live action picks. They both love National Treasure. Love not mad at it. Movie. Fun movie. I picked Mighty Ducks. Hey, Nicholas Cage though, dude. Come Nicholas on, you Cage. are Nick. You're you have two. Fan. You have two, dude. You have We're two Nicholas. Dude, if there's only two Nicholas Cage movies that you have to watch, and one is National Treasure, and the second is Gone Sixty Seconds. Con I disagree. I face disagree. Off. Face Off is so good. I love no, Face no, Off. Uh, Con Air. Dude, dude. So, All right, but no, 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 I'll no, compromise no. for Lord Con of War. Lord of War. Lord of War is so good. But I'm gonna say, Vampire's Kiss. What? I remember we talked about it. Vampire's Kiss, son. Man, this motherfucker just won an Academy Award for Moonstruck. I think it was Moonstruck. It was with Cher. That movie was Cher. Where he has one hand. But uh, he just won an Academy Award. He said, you can make any movie you want. Anything in the world. What do you want to do? Huge Hollywood star Nicolas Cage. How big, he said, how big was he? Huge. 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 Yeah, and he said, I want to make a vampire cage. movie that's not clearly about vampires. It's never clear whether or not I'm a vampire. Oh it's about spiders. Crazy. This sounds like a horrible movie that you're gonna make me watch. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's one of the worst movies. Seriously, I'm just fucking with you. It's one of the worst movies, but it's so fucking funny. Like they try to be so. Like serious. it's funny because the trend. Okay, that's about bad. Right. Ba- it's so bad. This is the legendary movie. Yeah, legendary. In which uh, Nicolas Cage. Yes, legendary. Don't look at me. Re- recites the entire alphabet. Just first every letter A, B, to his psychiatrist. Yeah, he oh, does this whole thing. Are you quoting the exact movie? Quote the movie. It's <laughs> a whole thing because he's like, he's like, how could it be? How hard can it be to file something? You put it in the file. That's what you do. You just put it okay. in the file. I would, you know, uh, in alphabetical order according to the alphabet. You know, oh A God. B C D E F. No, that's why he said the alphabet because he was on cocaine. Clearly, that makes that's why more he t- sense. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> you do cocaine and tell me you don't want to sing the alphabet, <laughs> right? Joel hasn't sung the alphabet yet. Oh, to you, to your knowledge, you can go to <laughs> Vegas with us. Yeah, but you weren't there when he threw a watch out of the car window on the freeway. Because we're listening to Def Leppard and he got a little crazy. <laughs> he got he was drunk. No, it's oh, little, yeah, threw it on the watch. Oh. But I don't give a fuck. Threw it on the watch. Can't give a fuck about throwing it on the watch. Like, you just threw out the window, dude? <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck about throwing it on the watch. Did he get mad later? No. Wow! And he was totally fine with it. Like, like, do you remember throwing your uh, $300 watch out of the window because you thought we were daring you to? And he goes, yeah, man, shit happens. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's up, he's up. Yeah, you guys stole me 50 bucks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, we you know, never told you that you Or, yeah, and then he was like, or you can give me a bag of cocaine. <laughs>